On a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults. This is serious journalism, people. Serious. This time, this this like, time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby, why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. It, there is a pattern here that is definitive, and mm-hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yeah. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go off. episode 20 this um okay well first of all i don't want anyone to worry pj has not been kidnapped by aliens he is not filming from an alien secret (laughs) alien bunker why would you suggest that or am i or am i (laughs) how's it going yeah it's going good no um uh yeah i moved i moved my my studio space i am literally in a kind of sort of in a closet i mean i could reach in and show you like stuff hanging on i'm in a closet i'm I'm streaming from a closet so i try to make it look as good as possible i'm down one screen my internet is a little laggy so i was like not sure when the show started but we're here we're here we are we are here we're making it happen uh, this is this is human ingenuity of like how to set up a bunch of uh, equipment into a tiny space and make it work. I, Abby saw me right before the stream. I can't get up when I'm when I get into this spot. I'm like yelling for my wife, like, "Hey, Deanna, I can't move. Can you like, can you move <laughs> can some you stuff so I can thing? get out of my chair?" Oh my gosh! Yeah. So no, it's gonna be good, guys. We're we're here, uh, and that's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say uh, about that. <laughs> but uh, so, this high production, this high production. It's brought to you by our supporters. Uh, and we have some new ones this week. It's high production quality. It's brought to you by Ann Yunaki uh, over on Locals. Amy nice. Catherine. Those are both uh, new monthly subscribers on Locals. And we have Stephanie Lupa and Full Metal Jack. I think it's like oh, JCQ, nice. like Jacqueline maybe, for new yearly supporters. Aww. And then on Rockfin, we have Bob. So, Bob. <laughs> so, thank you everybody for thank coming you, over and supporting the show. You guys get a bonus unhinged episode every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But tonight's Wednesday, and this is our free show for you plebeians. And we are going to do uh, the depopulation agenda, which I'm yeah. very excited for. <laughs> just, I just think about that meme. This is Bob. Bob subscribes conspiracy, conspiracy pill on Rockfin. Be like Bob. <laughs> Can, yep yep that needs to be a meme now <laughs> be like bob so be like bob okay so this morning this morning uh, okay r- rewind rewind to last Re- week last yep last week i was like i have no idea what i want to research 
I have mermaids on my mind. And I also have this whole thing about depopulation, this like big set of thoughts about depopulation. And I was like, I'm going to have to just outline this set of thoughts and push it out of the way and then do mermaids. And then this morning, PJ calls me <laughs> on the day of his episode and he's like, so uh, how... How are you, your depopulation? How's that depopulation thing coming along, Abby? <laughs> Any chance we could uh, do that tonight? So we tag teamed it a little bit, but it's it's mostly my show, even though normally this week normally be PJ's it would be my episode. week to present. I didn't have a computer set up till like two p.m. this afternoon. So. Yeah, so <laughs> we made it happen, but yeah. this is going to be a heck of a night because I've been working on this thought process. For quite a while. Thank you, Thai Guy Burgers and Fries, for the $10 uh, Rumble Rant. Formal request for PJ to do his best sales pitch for population control in his Alex Jones voice. Go. <laughs> Formal request <laughs> uh, to, for population control? Yeah, best sales pitch for oh, population man. control as Alex Jones. Listen, uh, I'm kind of <laughs> retarded, but babies, <laughs> not even once. Have you ever had a kid? They run around, they scream, they kick you in the shins. Not even once, kid. Not even once, guys. Let's go. They're turning the freaking kids gay. Do you really want to have a gay kid? That's all I'm saying. I don't know, that man. Was that was definitely... That was awful. A $10... <laughs> that um, was worth... I hope that was worth every penny. Um, <laughs> you ever see that little thing? They push it around. It looks like a lawnmower, but it's got little bubbles, and it pops, and they pop, 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 and they just make a lot, a lot of noise. Kids, not even once. Population agenda confirmed. I have the documents. I am crying. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so actually, this first, the this I had first an uncle though bit. that his whole thing was to buy the most noisy toys he possibly could to drive my dad nuts. And now that you oh. have a kid on the way, I'm going to carry this tradition on oh. and just like whatever loud, flashy, obnoxious toy. That's that's your kid's birthday gift. From, from Don't take for, gifts from forever. Uncle PJ. Not even once. Yeah. <laughs> Not even once. <laughs> Not even once. Yep. Okay, so this first little bit um, is actually going to be uh, PJ's thing. It's going to be Revelation of the Method. Shut up, Abby. All right, go for I, it. I can't, like, no, I just can't tell when the videos are playing, so <laughs> I just need you to, like, handle that whole section. Oh, My yeah. internet's just a little bit, I'm using that, like, Wi-Fi hotspot router today, so. I, I handled um, it by making mouth noises over it. I, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> yes. So, uh, this has been, so, yeah, Abby said that we kind of tag-teamed this one because I've been talking about the Jaffe memo a little bit. I think I've brought it up on the show before, and recently I was uh, researching different movies that had to do with the whole depopulation agenda. And we're going to talk about some of those, but let's just start with where this whole thing kind of kicked off of like the blueprint that was put out by Planned Parenthood in 1969, I believe. That's just like, when I read it to you, just go along in your head and be like, is this happening? Is it seem like it's happening? Does it seem like there's something they want to happen? Are we seeing this? Have we seen it? Yeah. Uh, and we're just going to start with this memo. So it's proposed measures to reduce fertility by universality or selectively or selectivity of impact in the U.S. So it's got these three kind of four different sections of this blueprint that's put out of how to reduce the population. And to understand this, like back during this time, there was this guy named Paul Ehrlich. He wrote this book called the population bomb we're not going to get into it too much it's been done a lot but like this guy 
literally was like, I think it was the world was like, what, 4 billion people? And he said, if we get past this, the whole world's going to collapse. Everybody's going to starve. Everybody's going to die. We're like 8 billion now and we have less hunger We're and fine. all of the things. Like the guy's <laughs> wrong. And it's still, still he's being invited to the World Economic Forum to say, in, in a few years, if we don't reduce population, we're all going to die. And he's been doing this bit forever. So back then, P- Planned Parenthood uh, combined with this uh, world population thing, and they called themselves Planned Parenthood World Population for a while. Now they try to hide that on their like wiki and stuff like that. But like, just to show you, like going way back, Planned Parenthood has always been about eugenics and world population control. And here's this memo, and it yep. says how how they're going to get it done. On the left hand side, we've got universal impact, and it's got social constraints. So. The first thing that the Planned Parenthood proposed in 1969 is to restructure the family. And how are they going to do this? They're going to postpone, get you to socially to want to postpone or avoid marriage and to alter the image of the ideal family size. Those are two big checks, right? Like, 100%. How many people are like, I, I can't really think about dating seriously until I'm like in my 30s and then I got to compete with like the biological clock thing, but it's good maybe. Uh, and then the ideal family size is two kids now. It, it used to be right. much higher. Right. So they definitely check, check on those. Uh, compulsory, e- compulsory education of children, check. Uh, encourage increased homosexuality. Remember remember the, how that's not an agenda and it was, it's that's, definitely yeah. not social conditioning and stuff like that? Right. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist, TJ. <laughs> a crazy conspiracy theorist. Uh, education for family limitation. Yep. Uh, fertility control agents in the water supply. What? I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Yeah, we're going to get back. We're going to come back to that. We're going to circle back Jen Psaki style on that one. And then encouraging women to work. Uh, another crazy conspiracy theorist that, uh, you know, we used to actually be able to function on a single income household. And then they realized, hey, if both parents are working and their kids are in government schools, this is really, really good for us. Uh, we can just pay them less because they'll just be psyoped into believing that there's no way they could make it in any other way. And it used yep. to be that they could. It's not, I'm not saying that it's so easy now. Like it's possible. It's way harder and it's way harder by design because they want to cut your income in half and make sure that both parents have to work. Right. Uh, then we got the next section that says selective impact depending on social economic status. Uh, so we got the economic deterrence and incentives. Uh, this is where they said they want to modify the tax policies, substantial marriage tax, child tax, tax married, more than single, remove parents' tax exemption, additional taxes on parents. So <clears throat> this is something they would love. This is not really being implemented exactly, and I don't know all the tax code, but it still seems like there's incentives to have kids. So the fact that they wanted to use taxes for it and, and weren't as successful doesn't mean that it wasn't it's not what they would like to do and that yeah. they could happen in the future. Uh, reduce, eliminate paid maternity leave or benefits. We've seen a lot of uh, action in that front. Uh, so much so that the employers now are paying women to go get abortions. They're paying for the abortions, so they have to pay for maternity leave, right? Yep. Uh, reduce or eliminate children or family allowances. Bonuses for delayed marriage and greater child spacing. And again, even if they, we don't have the financial bonuses exactly, there's definitely all of the incentives and messaging and programming of people in that uh pension for women of 45 with less than a certain amount of children eliminate welfare payments for the first two children after the first two children this one's so interesting chronic depression what have we seen now we've seen single women on ssris right like chronic the idea that depression is not a feeling but it is a a thing that you are Mm. and that you have to do drugs about it is like very intentional 
A hundred percent. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on like SSRIs. We should do a whole episode on SSRIs. Yeah. Yep. Require women to work and provide few children care facilities. Yep. Uh, limit, limit or eliminate publicly financed medical care, scholarships, housing, loans, and subsidies of families with more than a certain amount of children. So uh, that's all in that column. We've got social controls, compulsory abortion or out of wedlock of out of wedlock pregnancies. That's freaky. Like it's not law yet, but I, they they were literally saying if you get pregnant out of wedlock, we're going to kill your kid. Is like their plan. Their plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it gets worse. Compulsory sterilization of all who have had two children, except for a few who will be allowed three. So very China. The special. You know, they didn't go all three. the way to one child policy. Mm. They're China now with the two child policy. But yeah, maybe with three. Uh, confined childbearing to only a limited number of adults. So that's almost like Raylian in there. Like uh, what are they going to do? Like IQ tests and things like that. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, Who knows? Uh, stock certificate type permit of children. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Stock certificate type permits, permits for, for children. children. Yeah, so literally permits you have to purchase yeah, to, a permit to, for children. Yeah, like it's a like it's a deer license or something. Uh, housing policies: discouragement of private home ownership and stop awarding public housing based on family size. Hundred percent, those things have happened. And we're gonna get. We're doing the overview now. I'll, I'll stop like lingering on these because we're gonna show examples here in a second. But uh, but it's important to sh- to show this is the this is the plan and the, and then to show you what has happened how so the, far. The plan and, has been implemented. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and then we got this last comment says measures predicting or measures predicated on existing motivation to prevent unwanted pregnancy. So payments to encourage sterilization. I don't know if that's like really happening but i have seen articles shared over the years of like you could donate your left nut to science for like thirty thousand dollars something like a significant number to make yourself sterile throughout my young womanhood aggressively given ads about like do you want to donate your eggs you can make so much money if you donate your eggs you can make so much money if you donated your eggs it's like so it it is a thing right like for men and women it's just a little more subtle and maybe not as commonplace but it's there because well, there's this 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 implication that you have infinite eggs, but you don't. Right? Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also have payments to encourage contraception, uh, payments to encourage abortion, abortion and sterilization on demand. Yup. Pretty much. Uh, we, we're already there. Allow yeah. harmless contraceptives to be distributed non medically. Uh-huh. That's all over the place. Uh, improve contraceptive technology. Yup. Uh, make contraception truly available. And accessible, 100%. Uh, improve maternal health care with family planning, <clears throat> a core <throat> element. So, yeah, this all yeah. came from direct. It's not a conspiracy document. It's not a leaked document. This is just an actual plan put out by a man named uh, uh, Frederick Jaffe in 1969 mm-hmm. with Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood World Population. And then from there, they he had another paper uh, called the Planning for Community-Wide Family Planning Services. This is this is only sixteen pages. I'll I'll drop it in Discord. People this is only sixteen pages. We're just gonna read every single oh, word. Well, hold on, hold Sit on, back hold and on. Relax. I just read how many Epstein documents last week. So when I see a sixteen-page PDF, I'm like, sweet, nice and short. No, the the reason I bring this up is I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I do want to just kind of give you the overview of what it sounds like to me and read you a little bit of it. Um. And you can read it for yourself and tell me what you think. But this is a whole thing about like community planning, right? It's this whole idea of having Planned Parenthood have this government agency style feel in every community that's monitoring how many kids you're having and how many kids you can have and providing services. And it's, 
if you read it without fully understanding it, it's a lot of lot of you know high flute and lingo and BS and talking around subjects. It mm-hmm. just sounds like how we're going to make sure we can give affordable abortions to to poor women everywhere. But then you really get into like the whole community wide planning and this metropolis documents is what it's called. This metropolis plan, I think, is what it's called. Um, it starts to sound more nefarious. And I just want to read one portion. You can tell me when to stop here, but it's stop. on page 12. Stop right now. <laughs> stop right now. It's on page 12. And uh, it says the center, <clears throat> the center, talking about the uh, Center for Family Planning Program Development. The center consists of administrative planning, publication units in New York, and technical assistance and public policy units within offices in Washington. The planning unit is, in effect, the health intelligence arm and will develop preliminary plans for service programs based on epidemiological type studies. It keeps going on and on, but the, like that, those few sentences there with a lot of big words, like think about what it just said. It said, we're going to have a health intelligence agency, a Planned Parenthood CIA ran out of Washington that is going to look at your um, having children in an epidemiological type of way. Like as in, if you have kids, this is like you're spreading COVID-19, you want to kill grandma type shit. It's so nefarious. And we already saw what the plan was. Like to, to, to link this to what it sounds like an early prototype for 15-minute cities ran by a Planned Parenthood health CIA-type agency, and then you read what they want to do and the sterilization efforts they want to go yeah. through, it's pretty wild stuff, right? That's so insane. That's insane. Yeah, you guys can read that for yourself if you want. But I, uh, before we get into all of the proofs, uh, it's always good to talk about predictive program. We've seen this a lot in, in different movies, right? And I wanted to bring up a few... That uh, the first cut, I brought up a few that were like the most popular on TikTok of people being like, they're just saying the thing very openly. And then I wanted to bring up a few that I find interesting that maybe aren't as direct in saying it, but are probably more effective in saying it. So the first one is this movie called The Thinning. And the description of this movie is in, I've never seen this. I've never, actually most of these I have not seen. I'm going to say never (laughs) seen it every single time. (laughs) Well, 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 wait till the next one. So the fitting, <laughs> this is, um, why, why can't I think of his name? Blonde YouTuber dude that, uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, one of those, one of those guys. He's one the, of the, oh, they're interchangeable, One of the right? Pauls. I can't tell which one's which. Uh, I think it was Logan. I don't know. He's a star of this. It was when YouTube had the like, YouTube red and they had like a movie studio for like five minutes and like him and Rhett and Link each got a movie. Yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> this movie is. Uh, says, in a dying world, population control is dictated by an aptitude test where two students discover the test is all smoke and mirrors and a conspiracy, and they go into the system to expose the conspiracy. So essentially, everybody's taking a test. If you're smart enough, as we kind of got evidence for in the Jaffe memo, Mm. uh, you know, maybe we'll let you continue living or let you have kids or whatever. Uh, And if not, we're just going to thin the population. Uh, The other one that I wanted to bring up is Endgame. So you can't say oh, I haven't seen that. I have. That is a movie I have seen. Okay. So the reason I bring up Endgame is because obviously, you know, the, the plot at the end of, uh, why can't, what's the one before that? Endgame's the second half of Don't Infinity Wars. Me. Okay. Yeah. I, you, you've seen these movies. I've seen it, but I, I once. <clears throat> okay. A while ago. At the end of Infinity War, spoiler alert, <laughs> Thanos snaps his fingers and half the world population, half the population everywhere is killed and Endgame starts with this like support group 
And they're sitting there going, yeah, I miss the people who are dead. But have you noticed that the trees are coming back and the water's clean and the air is nice and clean? It's, it's really pushing this population agenda so mm. much so that when people got done watching the movie, you know, you would think that the movie's telling you that Thanos is the bad guy and that we shouldn't take human population control into our own hands. But then you just get on Google and you can see that the the messaging, the the subliminal messaging in the beginning of the movie is what really went out. Was Thanos right? MCU theories. Uh, what do people say when they mean Thanos was right? And then this is right, right at the top of Google. Humans are decreasing biodiversity and overconsuming our share of resources. MovieWeb, was Thanos right? Uh, more movie web. Forbes, is Thanos right about overpopulation in Avengers Infinity War? Quora, like it just goes on and on uh. and on where it doesn't matter that Thanos was quite literally the, the villain. Everybody left the movie, not everybody, but people were programmed when they left the movie to start asking the question. Was Thanos right? It was nice that, that, that Stark came back, but what about the problem that Thanos did solve? The overpopulation problem and the fish and the seas and all that stuff, right? So like you hear people say it all the time. I think Thanos was right. It's so... Yeah. Uh. There's another movie called Between from 2015. Um, and I'm just going to play a clip of this one. I don't know anything about this movie, but he just gives the whole speech. Like, the villain gives a speech just like Thanos, and you're supposed to kind of uh, simp for the villain, I think. Yeah. So here it is. You're lying. Why should I believe you? Nothing you've said is true. If you and I are the only ones immune, why aren't they dead then? They will be when they turn 22 because it's tapped into their biological clocks. This doesn't make sense. Why design a virus like this? What for? Projections of population growth. They're terrifying. And it was in our best interest to look for a solution. This is about population control. You know we're past the tipping point in greenhouse gas emissions. Food? Water? How long do you think we have before those resources run out? This is not science fiction, Adam. Yeah, we would have to keep listening, but you hear it. It's like, yeah, it's he's the bad guy, but is he the bad guy is always the thing. And it's like, yeah. it's the same Paul Ehrlich message of, I mean, yeah, we don't have to get into like exactly. why you already know our thoughts. We could do a whole episode on it, but like literally you can fit the entire world population into Texas right now. And we're being constantly told that even though the experts are constantly wrong, uh, that it's just, you know, five more years, 10 more years, we're going to kill ourselves by overpopulation. Um, Another one is the this show V from 2009. You ever heard of this one? I heard about it today when you told heard me about we were it just now. <laughs> I've never seen it, but now when I looked into what it's about, I'm curious. So the the premise of the show is an extraterrestrial race arrives on Earth with seemingly good intentions, and then slowly reveal their true machinations are uh, more ingrained. The more ingrained into the society they become, and in uh, there's one episode. Uh, the it's the the description of this episode. I forgot to write down the name of the episode, but it says the visitors continue. So talking about the aliens, continue to try to win favor with the population. This time by announcing that they will share their medical knowledge. Not only are they sharing advanced medical scanning techniques, but they announce that they will make advanced uh, available to all a new supercharged vitamin treatment. And anyway, long story short, they find out that they're putting like a virus in this vaccine and and. Because that's what it is. It's a supercharged that's going to help you with the flu. It's it's essentially a flu vaccine, and when you take it, it kills you. So a, a vaccine for for population control. 
a vaccine for population control. In fact, huh. there was another popular movie in 2020 that came out for, uh, starring Rain Wilson. And it was also about a vaccine for population control. And again, literally came out in 2020. Check this out. To know what happens next. Do you want to know what happens next? They don't. They don't want to know. Your father created a world-changing, not world-ending, a world-changing, world-improving omnivirus. And we have taken that virus and embedded it in the vaccine of the Stearns flu. I knew it. <gasps> I knew it. You created a panic and now everybody's begging for the vaccine. No, no, no. D demanding it with all the entitlement of a first world <gasps> Holy country. shit. Yes. This came out in 2020, no. by the way. No. No way. <laughs> They, they, they yeah. put this movie out in 2020 and then told us all that we were crazy conspiracy theorists. Because we would be begging for the vaccine for the flu that they released, that they created in a lab and then released. And then they put the virus in the vaccine. Yeah, that is literally. We don't have to keep playing the clip because that's essentially what it says. But yeah. you guys can watch the movie wow. Utopia if you want to. Uh, I've never seen it. I've just seen that clip a million times. Um, last one I want to bring up. Is one of my favorite, personal favorite movies. And this one's kind of a departure, but I think it actually plays so perfectly in what we're talking about. Because obviously there's the vaccine stuff. We'll, we'll talk right. about the vaccine stuff. And we'll talk about all that stuff. But I think, as we'll see, like, the plan for population control is, like, 20-fold. It's like a million different. It's, it's coming things, from yeah. all sides. It's a bunch of little things, a lot of propaganda. And it's a lot of whatever angle they can take. Because that's the thing about this population control agenda is that... <laughs> You don't have to be a leftist to fall for it. You don't have to be a pro-vaxxer to fall for it. Mm. They're going to have a thing that speaks to each one of you. Everybody listening to this is going to have that one thing that might well, work on you. something for everyone. There, there's something for everyone in this. And uh, one of my favorite movies is Demolition Man. And in the movie Demolition Man, uh, Sylvester Stallone finds out that uh, sex is kind of outlawed. Like, you can't have sex and you have to, like have test tube babies and you have to get a permit and all that stuff that Planned Parenthood wanted in the Jaffe memo. But the way that they do have sex is they put on headsets and they have VR, VR sex. sex. Um, and it's just really casual. So like Sandra Bullock in the movie is like, hey, you want to have sex? And he's like, sure. Because he, he wakes up from being cryo-frozen in the future. And he's like, oh. okay. And she like puts a headset on in VR. And then I came across uh, this today. It's like, was that a Good Morning America or one of those? Uh, stupid NBC morning talk shows, and this is what they had to say about uh, the metaverse. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has big plans for the metaverse, and some experts say the sex industry could have a huge impact on those plans. The vice president of an adult site recently uh, told the UK Sun that he thinks the metaverse could change the sex industry and vice versa. He says this could be great for people who feel insecure about how they look when the clothes come off, so they might choose to utilize the metaverse more. He also claims that sex in the metaverse may turn out to be equally as enjoyable as the real thing. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, you get the point, though. Like, that's that's the, the thing is, hey, you think you're ugly? <laughs> what about sex in the metaverse? Uh, you can be fat and lazy and eating Cheetos all day long, but look like a, a hot stud or whatever in a digital world and have sex that way. And that is, that again, it's part of the deep, like, it's part of the depopulation agenda of getting people to not have physical relationships and right. that could lead to children, right? So, yeah. But that's all I had for as far as uh, movie stuff goes. And then we've also seen this programming 
before in an episode uh, we've talked about, um, a lot of people talk about, which is the uh, Georgia Guidestones. Yeah. Yeah. So right here, one of the, the rules of the Georgia Guidestones is maintain humanity underneath 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And you guys can go back and listen to our episode on that with uh, Shipwreck if you want. But it's mm-hmm. essentially... What do we? I mean, I don't. I don't even know if we have like a conclusive thing. I think it's the Rosicrucians, but it definitely keeps coming up again and again. We pointed it out in like the Pleiadian stuff, where it's like yeah, there's this where the numbers messaging, yeah. the numbers keep matching of like, you know, the these kind of alien worshiping hippie cults that w- believe in uh, population control, and that seems to keep right. coming up in the in the movies too. But uh, what, did you have anything about the the guidestones you want to talk about, or just no? I just wanted it? to point out that it that this is part of. Part of this whole thing, part of the revelation of the method, part of them telling us this is what we're doing, this is what we want to do, this is what we need to do, this is why we think we need to do it, all of that. Right. And I think the biggest revelation of the method that we've done an episode on uh, for Unhinged was Dan Brown's Inferno. Mm. Um, yeah. T- t- talk about this movie. This yeah. was this was wild. Well, it was a book and then a movie. I right. don't think I watched the movie, but I read all the books. So for, for those of you who don't know, Dan Brown wrote The Da Vinci Code and and then mm-hmm. a series of books that followed The Da Vinci Code. Inferno is the last book. It's the fourth book? Fourth book, I think, in that series? The last book in that uh, series? It's the fourth because the last one is the AI takeover book. Maybe I haven't read that. Yeah, you did. We talked. Yeah, Because we did a whole episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, oh. we, read, we read all of them. It's the one where he okay. goes to Spain and yeah, uh, the guy. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, so Inferno. This is the fourth book. This is yeah. This the whole book. They're like trying to keep this bad guy from releasing a virus that's gonna kill a certain percentage of the population. And the whole book, the bad guy is doing the same thing we saw in the clips, articulating all of these really good sounding reasons. Well, they're supposed to sound good, at least. They're supposed uh, for, to sound good if you buy into the propaganda. The population right. control is the way. And hes it's a lot of fear mongering. He's like, look, if we don't kill a lot of people, we're all going to die. It's like kind of the, yeah. the, the false uh, choice that he gives. Yeah. And it's the book, it, like all of his books, is like chock full of propaganda. And exactly. this is like, yeah. And the this movie's worse. The I actually did watch one. the first yeah. 30 minutes of the movie, and the movie's just, the first five minutes are just pop propaganda. Oh, my God. So, I mean, they chase the whole book to try to stop him from releasing the virus and fail. Right. And then he releases the virus, and then people don't die. And they're like, wait, what? No one's dying. And and then they realize that he released a virus to cause infertility in a certain percentage of people. And... The good guy in the book is like, it's for the best, you guys, that we failed. Yeah, and then they actually literally like ga- gather the vill- the other villain. You find out one of the one of the other people right. working with them, and they're like, "Hey, villain that just um, sterilized a third of the population, would you mind going to the UN with me and talking about how this is actually great and grand and wonderful?" Oh my goodness! It's literally like, it's yeah, so they're one hundred percent saying yeah. we actually should, even if it means killing people, reduce the population somehow. And this yeah. would be their fantasy way of how they could do it and still feel good about themselves. This is the Dan Brown book. It's really gross, but yeah. Popular yes. popular book, popular movie. And then we have let's just talk about okay, so so we've we've set we've set up we've set up right. everything they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And the argument we're gonna make to you over the course of this episode that we just barely introduced. This is going to be a long one. (laughs) It's going to be a long one. Oh, because that was the the intro. Um, The argument we're going to make is that they're doing it. It's happening. They they are depopulating us. It is 
It is actively happening. And I think the first proof we have of this is the birth rate. Um, the U.S. birth rate um, from, we have a graph of this, from 2009 to 2020. Like, that is the decline in the birth rate from 2009 yeah. to 2022. And we have a little, little uptick, pandemic baby uptick. We have some people starting to wake up and realize, oh, I should have some kids. Um, which yeah, is, it's, which only is nice. zero, it's only 0.1% uptick. People are listening to this later. Uh, from COVID, I thought it would have been higher. I thought a lot of bored people would have been stuck at home having a lot more kids, but <laughs> but no. Nope. But it's it's continued to increase through 2021 and 2022, which is nice to see. Like right. it's not a huge increase, but it it is it is a little hopeful, a little tiny tiny bit hopeful. Um, yeah. So I'm going to talk about a bunch of different categories of the depopulation that I want to. Uh, and, and things that are going to this birth rate, things that are contributing to, because, because what it seems like is happening is that the thing we were afraid of is not happening. The like mass killing of lots of adults. Right. But what is happening is, is birth rates being significantly affected around the globe through a variety of methods. So let's get to that. Population by murder and castration. Love that for us. Murder and castration. So these are I'm gonna start with the obvious, right? Murder. Mm -hmm. Abortion. Abortion is 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 an active killing of alive human beings. And this is an obvious part of depopulation. So I have um, some statistics here from the CDC. Um in 2021, 625,900. I'm sorry. Is that correct? Yeah. 625,978 legally legal induced abortions. Yes. Yeah. Were, were, were reported to the CDC from 48 reporting areas. Among 47 reporting areas with data each year during 2012 to 2021, in 2021, a total of 600. 22,108 abortions were reported. So kind of sum it up. Um, it's not every abortion is reported for whatever reason. Um, this is not including morning after pill abortions, but this is, this is, this is going to be less than what's actually happening, but it's, it's, Can a, I, yeah. I just noticed something in this. It says 11.6 abortions per 1000 women mm -hmm. in a, in this age group. The, the graph we just showed of births was 11.1 was the uptick per 1,000. Mm. That's insane. Shoot. So is that is is it literally more abortions happening than live births? Or am I m misunderstanding the numbers? I am not good enough at math to uh, okay. to understand that. But yeah, it's still, 11, it's, it's still insane. Yeah. It's more than half it's a million so a year much. reported in 48 counties. So what well, that means, 48 states. So like maybe not even including Hawaii and Alaska or something like that. Oh, actually, it says right here, the abortion ratio was 204 abortions per 1,000 live, live births. So for oh, okay. every 1,000 okay. babies that are born, 204 are dying. Um, That's from still a fifth of abortions. So or a fifth of pregnancies ending in abortions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from 2020 to 2021, the number of abortions increased 5% 
the abortion rate increased 5% and the abortion ratio increased 4%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. That's where we're at with abortion. Um, and then I want to just get to one other statistic about abortion. This is from 2020 from Pew Research. Most U.S. abortions in 2020 were for women who had previously given birth. Um, so 39% were women who had not previously given birth. 25% were women who had one kid, 20% to 10% three, four more, 6%. And I want to, this, this is, this strikes me because generally speaking, the, the, the narrative around this is she's just too young. She's not ready. She's not in a financial place. All this stuff. Right. Yeah. But like she, most of the women who had abortions had already had kids. This is about thinning the population. This is about having fewer kids, even though you can. Um, it's not yeah, ostensibly about, these women are financially set up to do so and whatever else. Already right? have like, the infrastructure to have had already one. have the infrastructure yeah. for kids. Have the hand me downs and have all of the you know every, everything yes. necessary. Yes. Besides the fact that this is a um, you know, the propaganda of Planned Parenthood, of what they're saying abortion is for and who it's for and what it's really about. Uh, I just, on a moral level, on a personal level, can't fucking understand this statistic. It grosses me out. I've got two yeah. kids. Like, I, I, I can ostent, I can understand to a degree someone who doesn't know better, who hasn't maybe even seen the ultrasound or felt the quickening mm-hmm. or has been lied to. I get all of that stuff. You know, like it's just a clump of cells and they don't realize like how important and valuable that life mm-hmm. is. As someone who's held a newborn baby in my arms, I, I don't get it, man. I don't yeah. get I don't get the callousness of people. It's it's really gross. But that just shows how effective Planned Parenthood's, you know, propaganda is that they can take mothers and callous their hearts so much against their own children that they're like, well I want this one, but I don't want that one. Uh, it's yeah. really sad. I don't mean to like stick on it, it but it is. just it is. It pisses me off. We can move um, on. But. Yeah, a, a point of I guess a little bit of brightness in this is that the numbers have been overall decreasing since 1990. So the numbers peaked in 1990 at 1.6 million, and um, and have been mostly dropping. There have been peaks. We have been in the last few years going back up again. And I think it's it's because of a hardening of hearts. But between mm-hmm. 1990 and like 2014 or so, we really were making a lot of progress on like getting getting rid of the um, the the medical ignorance around. It's just a clump of cells. I th- so I think th- this drop off. You you see you see um, women becoming educated about like what they're being told versus what's true. And then I would bet this also correlates with a lot more like ultrasounds and like 40 ultrasound technologies and things like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then this uptick again, I think is where we start to have the rise of, of child sacrifice where you have women who completely understand what they are doing, doing it because they want to. Well, that's, that is literally where we're at. Right. It's like before it was like safe, legal and rare and all that bullshit propaganda. Mm -hmm. It was always false. It was always a lie, but like you could see how people would fall for it. And then we've seen all those reasons stripped away and we've seen um, the rise of uh, people who are willing to take care of, well, not willing, but like it's right. more apparent. There's more foundations out there who are willing to do stuff for, for women who are pregnant, get them 
uh, you know, baby formula and diapers yeah. and high chairs and all of that stuff. And then we just see the uh, the absolute hardening of hearts where people are wearing T-shirts like, I've had this many abortions, the point of pride. People in yeah. mainstream publications talking about how they set up a sacrificial altar to their dead babies and stuff like that. It, it Quite literally, I think we're at the point where it is openly child sacrifice yeah. in the, in, it, for is. the agenda, for the, for the demonic Baphomet agenda that these people are behind. Yeah. Right, right. So not to get too stuck on that, yep. but, but that is... That's the most obvious depopulation. Yeah. Um, and it's, it goes to a culture of not holding both men and women responsible to parent the children that they make. Um, and in right. a, a massive culture of like, I should, I should be able, I, I shouldn't have to, um, because having kids is a, is a really big deal. And so there's just, but this, this culture of like, I shouldn't have to take responsibility for that. I, I shouldn't have to be saddled with an unplanned child. It's like, well, we, right. we have to, we have to do better. So, Right. And, and to give a little bit of light in a, in a dark world, one thing that you can do to actually help uh, with, with uh, again, as I talked about before, women who need diapers, women who need education, women who need uh, formula and things like that. You guys can go and buy uh, North Arrow Coffee. You can go to northarrowcoffee.co. 15% of every sale goes to pro-life pre- uh, pregnancy centers, and they do all of those things. I think last year they raised something like $20,000 mm-hmm. uh, is what they put out um, to help pro-life pregnancy centers. So these are women that are being helped in a time of great need. Uh, and honestly, it's just really good coffee. It's single origin. It's roast to order. Uh, so good. Abby sent me another giant bag of it this last week, and I've been drinking it. It's so good. Uh, so definitely go over to northarrowcoffee.co. Use code CONSPIRACY10 to get 10% off your order. And then again, mm. 15% of that sale goes to pro-life pregnancy centers. So yeah, uh, something positive you guys can do. Yeah. So it's, not all, it's not all dark. It's not all dark. Now let's talk about castration. Now let's talk about castration. <laughs> so we have... The second most obvious one, which is the trans agenda, the trans epidemic. So I want to show you William Institute.law.ucla um, real quick. Uh, they, they, they're giving a lot of statistics. All their statistics are very, um, you can frame a statistic in a way to, to say only what you want it to say. But you, even you mean them, like that book that Bill Gates has on his <laughs> table in that famous picture that's a how to lie statistics? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll talk about Bill Gates later. So this this is an organization that is very pro-trans everything. And mm. even they cannot really hide the truth of this. So these top three highlights, as they call them, nearly one in five people who identify as transgender are ages 13 to 17. The percentage and number of adults who identify as transgender in the U.S. has remained steady over time. So the, the number of adults who are identifying as trans isn't increasing. However, right. our estimate um, estimates of the number of But those of five youth, years where they're in, you know, high school is, your high school and middle school just seems to be, or four years when they're in high school, middle mm-hmm. school area, just seems to be when they all of a sudden are like really becoming trans at one fifth of yeah. all trans people. Yeah. Our estimates of the number of youth who identify as transgender has doubled from our previous estimate. So even they weren't able to keep up with predicting just how big this was getting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Pew Research statistics on this uh, are 
1.6% of U.S. adults are transgender or non-binary. That is, their gender differs from the sex they were assigned at birth. Which, it looks like a small percentage, but that's like two out of every 100. Right, one, yeah, yeah. 1.5 out of every, every, every 100. That's a lot. Um, adults under 30 are more likely than older adults to be trans or non-binary. Some 5.1% of adults younger than 30 are trans or non-binary. Um, including 2% who are trans men or trans women and 3% who are non-binary. Now, I'm a little bit less concerned about this non-binary number. Sometimes they're getting um, castrated or or um, some type of hormones or, or things that are harming their bodies. But sometimes they're just calling themselves non-binary and at least they have a chance of growing out of it. It's kind of, it's kind of like when I was in high school, like back in 2007-ish era. Like every girl became a lesbian for like freshman year in yes. high school. Yes. And then they were all not lesbians by the next year. I, 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 I do think there is a, a trendy part of it. The mm-hmm. difference, the more nefarious difference is that when girls were lesbians for five seconds, there wasn't an implication to put them on life altering chemicals and castration. Yes. So let's talk specifically about the reassignment surgeries. So we have an article from. The AP, Associated Press. Yep. Yeah. Gender affirming surgeries in the U.S. nearly tripled before pandemic dip study finds. So between 2016 and 2019, they tripled. And this article attributes the increase likely reflects expanded insurance coverage for transgender care. After the Obama administration in some states actively discouraged discrimination based on gender identity. So this is this is coming from the government down. Right. It's the reason saying, these these surgeries are saying are because your tax because because your insurance payments are covering elective surgeries for confused children. They're they're doing it more. It's like, oh, who would have thunk? Wow. Yeah. Who would have thunk if you made it free and then also made them celebrities, essentially? And right. like everybody had to like be nice to them all of a sudden that they would take that route Wild. as as Wild. kids. Who would yeah. have thought? Right. Um, all right. Let's let's look at this article on puberty blockers because another thing that happens, you know, kind of more commonly than the gender reassignment is is that kids start to feel iffy as they enter puberty. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Imagine feeling uncomfortable <laughs> with your body changing. Wow. Um, this is this is this is like this is the, the the propaganda machine is so freaking good sometimes, guys. I have to say the fact that they could t- they could, could literally convince adult women. That their children are going to feel weird during puberty and that's weird and wrong and not normal. Like, do you not? Are you such an NPC? You don't remember your own life experience? I just I like that. That specific piece of propaganda blows my freaking mind that people are like, oh, my 12 year old is going into puberty. and She doesn't feel good in her body. She feels like it's maybe not even her. Like she doesn't. Right. It just feels wrong and weird and different. It's like, yes. Like that's literally the entire thing. That is the whole point of the thing. Oh my gosh. So puberty, people are so dumb. Puberty blockers are are really, really pushed. But this article, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a um a Wall Street it's it's actually it's housed at Congress.gov, but it, it's a opinion piece from the Wall Street Journal. It's kind of a weird housing, but anyway. Um it's from this year, from June. And uh, I'm just gonna kind of skim through and, and give a couple highlights. Yeah. 
No, never mind. Go ahead. Okay. So the fashion for trans, the fashion for transgenderism, has brought with it. At a least new- they're calling it what it is. Right. This a is fashionable a trend. Yeah. Gerald Posner, mm-hmm. uh, opinion piece with it a un- new euphemism: gender affirming care, which means surgical and pharmacological in- interventions designed to make the body look and feel more like that of the opposite sex. Gender affirming care for children involves the use of puberty blockers, one of five powerful synthetic drugs that block the natural production of sex hormones. The Food and Drug Administration has approved those medications to treat prostate cancer endometriosis certain types of infertility and a rare childhood disease caused by a genetic mutation but it has never approved them for gender dysphoria so these are being prescribed Mm -hmm. off-label lupron is the most most common Um, these drugs are also used to chemically castrate repeat sex offenders lupron which is being given to children this i mean they're it's chemical castration. It's just... It's literally chemical castration. And, and, they, and uh, Yeah. I'm sure if anybody saw Matt Walsh's uh, What is a Woman, you can see the, the, the interview with the people. They're like, you know that this is used for that. And they're like, oh, interview's over. Yeah. Because yeah. they know it. what they're doing. They 100% know what they're doing. Because the narrative is that we're going to just block puberty. And then at any time they could, they could change their minds and they could, they could go back and, and no harm done. Harm done. Harm done. Harm, it is harm done. Absolutely done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, there, but how much money is this industry? I mean, because that's like yeah. these people are very evil and there's a lot of evil intentions, but at least mm-hmm. that's an understandable evil intention where they're just like money hungry, evil, that type of evil. Uh, and then there's the other type of evil, which is just like the whole child sacrifice aspect yeah. of it, which is, yeah. So the the documented side effects of puberty blockers include... Um, a bunch of stuff, bunch of bad stuff, but but also fertility problems. So affect mm. affecting these kids' fertility um, into the into the future. Uh, most kids who go on puberty blockers never go off them, but the few who do have had fertility problems. Like you were gonna be infertile anyway if you completed the process, but. Well, anyway. that's the thing is that it's like this double, they, they get you either way, right? If they can exactly. really convince you to go all the way, there's no chance of you ever having kids. If exactly. they're like, here's the ease into that possibility of, of, of mutilation, of bodily mutilation is a chemical castration. Like right. both ways, they're, they're selling you something. They're getting a bunch of money. They're literally now able to get insurance companies to fork over tens of thousands of dollars for elective surgeries. Yeah. And they're getting to push the depopulation agenda. It's it's really gross, but it's it's what it is. These people right. don't care about your kids. Yeah. It's it's yeah. such it's such a lie. And they and they know that because they're literally giving them castration drugs. Yes. Um stepping back from kind of the mm-hmm. the the roughness of that I think we've become so used to homosexuality in our society. We forget that that in and of itself is a depopulating thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is from, from Gallup. Um, This is just the increase in identification as LGBT. And, and and it has really quite drastically um, increased over the last several years that both the, the overall numbers and the rate of, it going up is that is going up. This Both. is the unpopular thing to say, though, right? It's like yeah. right now you had a, a pretty good chance, no matter what political spectrum you're on, of getting to say, hey, 
you're harming children. Maybe we don't harm children. You can be libertarian and be like, well, yeah. let the adults chop their balls off. Let a 19-year-old who's college professor push them into this lifestyle, chop their mm -hmm. balls off. But nobody wants to say the thing that is there is a long history of the depopulation agenda and homosexuality. And just like with yeah. the trans agenda, we can see the propaganda and the drugs and the whole everything have a direct correlation with the increase of those things. So like the born this way messaging is never bared out by the facts. Yeah. Am I, am I saying too much? Like that, no, that's my belief anyway. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So we have these, we have these, um, these three really obvious things. And, and I know that we're preaching to the choir in a lot of ways, but there's no way to, to do this episode without, talking about these most obvious depopulation right. uh, things. Um, the, the more difficult thing I do want to bring up real quick is the suicide rates among young kids. Um, among kids. It's the second... Um, what is it? I'm, I'm losing my words. The second leading cause of death among kids under, uh, I guess... I think under 30 is that under 30 it says uh between 13 to 30 on this uh from the jedfoundation.org yeah. i think i had another statistic and maybe i didn't bring it up but it, it is the second okay. leading cause of death in in young people uh okay yeah um ages 10 to 34 second leading cause of death for teens and young adults um which is which is wild um and the, the graph is really small and they're not letting us pull it up bigger, but the argument by the trans agenda and, and others is that if we don't let kids do whatever they want, chemically castrate themselves, all this, they're going to kill themselves. The rate of suicide is going up anyway, even, even as, even as right. our culture has more and more accepted the trans agenda and chemical castration and all of that. The, the suicide rate is still going up. And I think that we're not going to get into the depression rates very any more than this, that the, that the Jaffe memo mentioned, the increasing mm. chronic, chronic depression. depression being literally a goal of Planned Parenthood in the 1960s. Yeah. But you but can see it bear it, out right here. Right. And this is the thing, right? Is like we've seen uh, you couldn't be in a better time to be trans than right now where it's you mm. are literally it's like it's like culturally mandated acceptance. Like you have to accept them or you're canceled. Right. Like you have to be nice to them. You have to give them jobs they don't deserve. You have to give them scholarships they didn't earn. You have to pay for their surgeries. You have to pay for you have, the military has to pay for your surgery, whatever it is. Right. There's no possible better time. The suicide rate has not decreased in the trans community. But what we have seen is with the increase of SSRIs and the the concepts around chronic depression and the forced uh, Ritalin and shit on kids, we've seen kids' suicide rates go up. So, again, I know that's a different episode, but, like, sometimes you have to be like, what doesn't match? Like, mm -hmm. if we do this thing and it doesn't have the effect, which is 99% of this entire episode, it's all the Paul Ehrlich population bomb yeah. bullshit propagandas. You do this and it doesn't have the desired outcome What's the thing you do? Oh, you just keep doing that. And then you see this other thing, and it does actually affect X affects Y, but we have to ignore that because it's not politically advantageous, so we can't sell enough you know, big yeah. pharma stock prices or something like that. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so that does it for that section. We are going to probably <laughs> good that we're getting out of the office. We're getting out of the office. Getting out of the office. Getting getting out of the obvious. This, 
more like interesting, more interesting depopulation. I don't know. I think we're getting in the more. cut off your audio but it did i don't know what's going it didn't cut off my audio i it's the the lag that i can't tell what's happening oh. when, when things get changed around okay. so what i was just gonna say is um i think we're getting to the more conspiratorial fun part of the episode the we had to do the obvious the stuff because yeah. it is because the obvious stuff is probably the biggest numbers wise like affecting right. stuff it's it's the stuff that's absolutely that's like yeah. working right um and the rest of it is too i'm not saying that but like this is the more fun conspiratorial aspect of the show so yeah. 100%. What are we talking about now? So depopulation by gender war. By gender so, war. So you've all heard of this is where I'm going to I'm going to pull in threads that maybe you don't agree that this is part of the depopulation agenda. And mm-hmm. it's not that I think that every single thing I'm going to bring up is directly like planned by the elites. Some of it I think just is a natural follow through from like other cultural shifts. And it's just a cascade at this point. They started a ball rolling and now it's just gonna get It's like worse. a symptom of a thing, but it's it's like beneficial to their it's, cause. It's yeah. still part of the whole thing. So right. I want to talk about the loneliness epidemic. And I think much has been made in the last year or so, or even just like six months, about like male loneliness in particular. Um, and, and a lot of that goes to I like, do, I do enjoy the cure to male loneliness memes though. They're <laughs> like, good. They they're good. Funny. Is the cure to male loneliness starting a conspiracy podcast? Yes. Uh, <laughs> is the cure to male loneliness starting a PMC group with your friends? You know, big boss proved it. <sighs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, but I want a lot. Yeah. A lot of that talks about like men, not pursuing friendships but i do i want to focus on romantic relationships and i i think that that a lot has been made of of male loneliness but women are also very lonely particularly romantically i think both genders are really struggling i 100 percent agree but i feel like the propaganda is different because the women the lonely women thing is like their strength is what they're yeah you know what i mean like i've got a completely very lonely woman with my cats (laughs) I've got my cats and my chocolate, and uh, you know, I'm not going to go out. I don't need anybody. Yeah. Uh. yeah. But uh, from Psychology Today, I have an article here um, talking about, uh, well, I don't even know what that, why many people struggle to find and keep a partner, the involuntary single um, may lack key relationship skills. Um, for many... Low mating performance is a reality. So the statistic here, about half of the participants in this study, 48%, confessed that initiating a relationship is challenging for them. Further, once in a relationship, over 30% of people said they found it difficult or don't do well in these relationships. Um, Taking a different look at the data, the research has determined that one out of every four people report problems in mate performance. Further, finding a partner is harder than keeping one. So there's a lot here. You could say a lot about it. We're going to say some things. Um, but but generally speaking, I think we all know that like increasingly in our society, young people are having a harder and harder time finding mates, finding spouses, finding uh, any type of long-term romantic relationship. 
in a time where you could like <clears throat> ostensibly like get on the internet and find the perfect person that shares all of your interests and all yeah. the things and whatever, uh, people are like lonelier than ever. But yeah, I think exactly. I think there's a lot to be said about like not just going out and having to like meet friends through friends and things like that. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think that a lot of it has to do with the the internet age. I, I think that a lot of it has to do with this kind of when you talk to somebody online, you get the feeling like you talk to somebody. If you, if you interact with strangers on Twitter, you get the feeling like you had some community, but you're not actually getting out there and meeting anybody. And you're certainly not getting out there and meeting people who are any living anywhere near you, who, who you really have a shot at. Um, you know, long distance relationships can work and they have worked. But generally speaking, you, you, you should probably be meeting people in your area. You should probably be meeting people. This is not a subtweet of sorry to the (laughs) the couple that just started dating in our discord, but generally (laughs) speaking, generally speaking, I believe in you guys, but yeah, I know what you mean. You, you, sh- you no, like be- I, I, I agree yeah. with you, even though like I broke all these rules to meet my wife too. But they're, <laughs> but they're true for a reason, like yes. because they're mostly true. Like the exception proves the rule, not the the exception. Therefore, new rule. Right. Uh, I, I think if you're it. if you're if you're really serious about it, you can make it work. Um, but generally right. speaking, you you got to be getting out there in real life and meeting people. And and a lot of times, the vast majority of times i i talk to a, a lonely single and this is, was the case when i was a lonely single and and you you find out they're really not leaving their house very often they're really not putting themselves who could it be yeah they're but they're not putting themselves in situations where they could possibly meet somebody who who mm-hmm. at all and then on top of that somebody who shares their values and um I remember I was consistently going to my church. I was consistently going to my youth group, but that was about it. And, and I was expressing like my frustration and my singleness and my loneliness and all this stuff to a, an older lady. And she's like, Abby, you're not, you're not going anywhere. Like, right. Yeah, you're yeah. not going out and meeting people. I'm like, where am I supposed to go out and meet people a bar? And she's like, <clears throat> well, maybe not a bar, but like, you have to like, you have to get out there. And I, it just, it hadn't even crossed my mind. Or you have to join mind. the conspiracy pill discord. I mean, that's the, <laughs> the actual answer to male loneliness, guys. <laughs> Link in the description. I, yeah. But, but it was, <laughs> it was like a brain, like as a homeschooled person, I just thought I, I'm going out as, as much as I possibly can as a Christian person. Like what, what more do you right, expect yeah. from me? Where, where, where am I going to, where am I going to go? But you have, you have to meet people if you're going to meet people. Um, <laughs> amazing. But I think that, that that whole, in the same way that that was completely lost on me, I think that it's completely lost on this generation of people who genuinely don't know how to get out there and meet people in real life anymore. Outside of very narrow situations. And, and, and it's like, yeah, I, be, I bet you are like going out a little bit and you're seeing the same people over and over. And maybe you got lucky and paired up with like someone from high school or someone in your church. And, but then I think there are people who they didn't find somebody in their church. And so it just, they just sit there like, oh, I, yep. <laughs> my, my options are exhausted, <laughs> nothing else to do. And it's a mindset. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing. So it's the, it's the internet. I also think the video games contribute to this. I, I'm not putting down playing video games. I enjoy playing video games. My husband likes playing. We stream does. video games. Yeah, no, I, know, I know what you mean. But, but I agree with you as, as, as someone who's a big fan of video games. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have met those people that like it, it, it's the same exact thing as porn, which I know we're getting into where it's like 
it's easy, right? It's fun. It's easy. And instead of things, and I'm not saying porn should ever be used as like a blow off steam type thing, but like video games should. Video mm-hmm. games should be used as like yeah. a, an escape when you need it. Yeah. And instead it's become a life. It's like people yes. are living their life in the video games. The video game life is easier because Skyrim has rules. You know what I mean? Like right. GTA 5 has rules and you know what to expect and you're going to be able to restart, right? Yeah. Um, and you can have the feeling like you're with people and doing something with people, but you're not actually. You're not right. actually in a position where you can meet somebody and and fall in love. And, and all the things that you ostensibly want if you spend your time on the internet or playing video games or whatever, if you spend the majority of your time like that, you're not actually getting where you want to be. Okay. I wanted to focus in on that a little bit because... I know so many people who are stuck in that place where they really Mm. do want to get married. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff on this whole list is not going to apply to them, but this is the one that's getting them. This is the depopulation thing that's getting them is, is the internet thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's get into porn use and its effects. I I feel like we all know how Big th- but I think it's also just completely understated and completely misunderstood what, how bad, how big the effect, how negative the effect of porn use on, on society and on relationships and marriages and, and relationships between the genders is. So uh, this is some statistics from Covenant Eyes, which is a company that... Um, does not sponsor us, but but <laughs> it helps with with um, keeping the porn off your computer. Basically, um, they are the, in this first part predicting that VR porn is going to be a very very lucrative industry. Yeah, so that's what we were talking about earlier. Like Mark Zuckerberg is pushing living in the metaverse entirely, including including sex. Yeah, yeah. In 2006, which is a long time ago, estimated revenues for sex-related entertainment businesses were just under $13 billion in the U.S. Um, 28,258 users are watching pornography every second. Like, I think these are numbers are probably more now. These are just like statistics take a while to come in. Yeah, I yeah, think I'm sure. getting the idea that these are from 2006, but... Um, it would be 000. way, way, way worse now because nobody had smartphones in 2006. You know, what I mean? you know, yeah. like now everybody's got the Dang little it. black portal in their pocket. When I pulled these stats, I didn't see that 2006 number. So <clears throat> anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot more. But like even even the porn in church stats, like one in five youth pastors, one in five senior pastors. Um, one in seven senior pastors. Sorry. Yeah. yeah one, in, one in seven. What did I say? <laughs> You said one in five for both, but yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Okay. Yep. It's, it's so much. I, and I want to go down to this pornography and marriage stats at the end. Cause I think that the, this statistic probably hasn't changed as much. Um, 68% of divorce cases involved one party meeting a new lover over the internet. 56%. Yeah. 56% involved one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. That's over half of divorces ending because of mm-hmm. porn. Yeah. 70% of wives of sex addicts could be diagnosed with PTSD. Um, prolonged pro- exposure to pornography leads to diminished trust between intimate couples, belief that promiscuity is a natural state, lack of attraction to family and child raising. Um, 
A 2014 study found that compulsive pornography users had greater impairments of sexual arousal and erectile difficulties in intimate relationships, but not with sexually explicit materials. So what happens is the more you use porn, the less you were able to perform in real life. The, the more you use porn, the more you have to use porn. Right, and the yeah. more you use porn, the more you have to use more and more escalated. More, I was going to say more like degraded versions of it. Yeah. Yes. So I th- so for some people that goes in the <clears throat> violent direction, for some people that goes in the homosexual direction, for some people that goes in the kitty porn direction. The legal direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So the- <laughs> There's a lot I could say about about this, and and I don't, I don't want to underplay it, and There's I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't want to underplay it either. But I think I think the takeaway is, and so we can move on, is that yeah, this is the one of the biggest industries in the world. It is very clearly one of the most lucrative forms of the depopulation agenda. It 100% mm-hmm. is depopulating people. It's breaking up marriages. It's making men not interested in sex. It's giving men and women false ideas about relationships and sex. Mm-hmm. It's absolute cancer for for society it's terrible. and it's, it's terrible. also making evil people into billionaires mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. awful yeah yeah it's it's i the porn use is driving <clears throat> the i'm i'm convinced the porn use is driving the lgbtq numbers going up it's 100% driving, it is yeah yeah it's driving i think all most if not all of the well it's driving a huge amount of of the resentment and and friction between the genders when you have that type of dehumanization on a daily basis or a multiple daily basis where you're just habitually seeing women as just something that exists for your pleasure and then you're going out and you're trying to meet women in real life and you wonder why they don't like you it's because you're treating them like like a girl in your phone and i hear this from women often yeah 100 percent. so yeah, it's it's a, it's an epidemic. It's quite literally an epidemic or a pandemic, however you want to call it. It's yeah. it's I, I don't think you can understate how awful it is for the entire world. It's um, yeah, it's bad. It's so bad for, for everybody. It's bad for the users. It's bad for the people who are making it. it's bad for um, people who aren't using it, who are just affected by the culture that's soaked in it. It's a driving. It's driving sex trafficking mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. quite literally i posted things, yeah. something on twitter i should i should have pulled it up but i posted something on twitter the other day and, and the responses were, were really telling that it was it was like men will literally um say say they want a real life you know say they want a real life trad woman or try say they want a trad wife but they really just want trad wife section on pornhub um or something like that i i but there was a couple tweets i made about like do, oh yeah it was, um, sorry, you can have a real relationship in real life with a real person or you can have porn, but you can't have both. You can have a healthy relationship in real life with a real woman or you can have porn, but you, can, you can't have both. And a lot of the guys who responded were like, I would totally choose a real woman if I could find one or if that was available to me. So I'm like, you don't realize that it's the porn use that's keeping you from finding one. Right. Like you yeah, are substituting exactly the thing for the thing. You you can't have both and you have to quit one before you can have the other generally like at least healthfully, right? It's you like could, it's like the end of Indiana Jones and the the Holy Grail, right? It's like or the last crusade. The guy's trying to grab the grail and then the other guy's offering him safety and he's like, I, I, you know, you have to pick mm-hmm. one. You you have to let go of the other thing to right. to get saved for sure. Okay. 
We got more though. We got more depopulation we got so much more. agenda. What's the next one? Yeah. Okay. The pill. This is, this is, I, we shouldn't have said it was getting fun before you're we done porn. Cause that, that wasn't fun, but <laughs> <laughs> the pill decreases attraction to masculinity. So this is, this is from sarahhill.com. Um, it's a, it's about a study that was done using a sample of 170 age matched partnered women. Researchers found that the faces of men who were chosen as partners by women who were on the pill had significantly less masculine faces than those of their non-pill-taking com- contemporaries. So something about taking estrogen and, and progestin um, is making women less attractive to men who look masculine read men who have higher testosterone. It's almost like when you mess with people's hormones, it like messes with their with brains their or something like that or with their <laughs> hormones or their sex drive or all the yeah, things connected yeah. to their hormones. It's almost like this is the most obvious conclusion to the thing that we should have all known was going to happen. But instead right. it's, yeah, it, we're, we're messing with people like their chemistry sets, right? Yeah. And we can just tweak and adjust the chemistry set in just the right way. And unfortunately some of that is true. It's just all bad. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like messing with people's natural chemistry in these nefarious yeah. ways. It, but we think that that's the thing to do is we all, we're all told about the chemical imbalance stuff and it doesn't matter how much this comes out to not be true. Mm-hmm. Um, mess with people's chemistry and just see what happens. Yeah. We're seeing that much has been made of the feminization of men in, in, <clears throat> in our culture. And I think that on the flip side, I'm not sure if we have the masculinization of women per se, but at least masculinization of women's roles and expectations for women. Um, there's there's something really off about all of that. And it definitely is driving depopulation through just lack of attraction, lack of sex drive for like a, a couple of these things we're gonna I'm gonna bring up are just like this is why people are less attracted to each other. This is why people are just less and less interested in pursuing things. Um the war on the war on beauty is how I would would put it that general cultural push to push ugliness in every mm-hmm. way and attack beauty in every way we have normalizing obesity um trends that are contrary to hygiene let's yeah let's do the obesity numbers real quick um, more than uh, two in five adults 42 percent have have obesity including severe severe obesity one in 11 have severe obesity um, the numbers are higher for men, men than women. Much, much is made about women getting fat, but it's actually, they're, they're, it's, it is more men than women. More common for men to be fat. Yeah. Yeah. 34% yep. of men versus, versus 20, 27% of women are, are overweight. Um, but it's not just that. I mean, the normalization of obesity. Yes. And, and, and keep the obesity thing in mind because it, it affects more in the, in the fertility realm than just attraction. But, but also in the war on beauty, we have like the trends that are contrary to hygiene, the, the, like, I don't shave my armpits thing or the, um, all the ad campaigns being ugly, but in general, like just anecdotally, when I see lonely, angry young men on the internet who have profile pictures that are not anime, they're all (laughs) aggressively undergroomed. It's not that they're, it's not that they have to be ugly. It's that these young men even when they took their profile picture, the thing that they're going to put out there to the world, they're still can't be bothered to like 
shave or or look any type of decent look like they take took a shower this month take a decent angle you that know was last month like that. that was last yeah, month that thing. was last month's thing but just aggressively i think particularly in men avoiding hygiene for women it's more like ugly hair colors and and Kelsey's gonna get so mad in the chat. So you talking about my ugly. blue hair again? I said I said no, no, no. ugly I, hair I like colors, your not, blue hair, Kelsey. Pretty blue hair. Pretty blue hair yeah, is yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, just the general cultural war on beauty, and that definitely is coming down. And it comes. From the top it comes from down from yeah from the elites. I was gonna say like Doja Cat and like this pushed towards people being ugly and, and nasty mm-hmm. and unattractive and everything. 100%. Uh, especially in the music industry right now. I always thought Lady Gaga was like. I don't, I'm not saying like as a person, she's that ugly, but her, they made her look so much like a tranny that I, I like, I understood right. when people had that concept of her being a dude. Oh, it's just going on. I don't know if yeah. you heard my kids. Yeah. They just like slammed into the door behind me. It's, um, I right, keep going. Be- Billie Eilish is another example of just like that careless, don't want to take care of my body, ugly hair color. <clears throat> Just aggressively unattractive, purposely unattractive. Were the Grammys this week? I saw a picture of her from the Grammys, and I was like, "What the hell is that thing?" Like, she's becoming a, a actively more. Dis- and I don't pay attention to this stuff, but yeah, like she was just kind of like doesn't care about myself. Trailer park look, like go to Walmart in your pajama bottoms kind of yeah. look. And yeah. now she's like something else. I don't know. She's going for like a baby look or something. Um. One dollar rumble rant from some dude named Not For Sale. On the contrary, so many people are pushing beauty and kids feel the need to wear makeup and normalize it. It trains young men to not recognize beauty in women without makeup. It's it's actually it's 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 like the it's coming from both ends, right? Yeah, yeah. On the one end, there's there's Well this the intentionally ugly is still makeup. You know what often, I mean? Often, yeah. Often, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like on the one end there's this aggressive not caring about how you look, and then the on the other hand, yes, it's it's like this aggressively putting on makeup either it's it's the two extremes right you're either super unkempt and unhygienic or you're just made up to within an inch of your life caked on bullshit and it it, i've hated the i've hated the brad pitt baby trend i don't even know if that's what it's called but like where they've got these like three-year-old boys that are like so done up that they look like brad pitt and like the the photographs (sighs) i'm like in some form, that seems like sexualizing a three-year-old. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like more than just being dapper, more than just looking good. It seems really freaking disgusting. It is gross. I, I just... Makeup... I have a love-hate relationship with... Well, it's not really love. I, I use makeup. I don't, like, never use makeup. Just... I, I never prefer use to makeup. Not. Good. So... I, I find... That explains why this. This is no makeup. It is not intentionally ugly. It just is. What it is. <sighs> we don't have to have another therapy session about your face, PJ. <laughs> um, no, but I find that the more I present my real face to the world, the more people are willing to present their real faces to me. And I think that that's what a lot of stuff comes down to in today's day and age where there's so many people who are just hiding behind screens and hiding behind makeup and hiding behind their ugliness and hiding behind whatever. And they don't want to just put their real faces forward clean without makeup without dirt without like anyway so that all i want to get into resentment between the two 
genders really quick. So we know we know that feminism has driven men and women apart. We know that feminism has had horrible impacts on on relationships and and all of that. We know that the Me Too movement has created fear. False ac- accusations have created fear that the idea that like asking out women is creepy has kept a lot of young men from shooting their shot. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes I'm like, I feel for you. I see it. I see why. And then sometimes I'm like, you're it's just a cop out. Maybe just don't be creepy. I, sometimes I'm like, are is it is it porn soaked men asking asking out women and, and it's innocent, but the the girl feels like the the dirt of it that she feels like it's creepy even when or or is it like genuinely an innocent guy asking a girl I wouldn't, out and, i wouldn't actually put that first thought past the being the reality of it yeah. you know what i mean because i feel like we under we uh, it's something we talk about all the time but i feel like we undersell the spiritual and like the idea yeah. of like these familiar spirits attaching to people who are like that addicted to porn and women being sensitive to that off them yeah i'm just saying I'm, i wouldn't put it past like that being an actual explanation for some of the times where it's like the guy may, might not be being creepy, but in that moment, but he might be carrying around some, some baggage. Something that's, creepy. Uh, yeah. And he is in his heart and picking up on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do feel bad. I, I, I do recognize that feminism has created a really hostile environment for relationships and a really hostile environment for men to pursue relationships. That's just, a hundred percent true and then what has grown out of feminism as a response to feminism is the red pill movement which is just as bad for the same exact reasons feminism hates men red the red pill movement hates women it's all sorts of resentment all around and it definitely and in both is cases harming. you get all of the terrible things that promote uh you know ending up single without kids essentially right, right? like right. with the feminist movement it's i'm gonna stay single until my eggs uh, dry up and they're no good anymore and with the red pill movement it's i'm gonna bang hookers and strippers and not commit to anybody because that shows my what's the word that was used? like my sexual uh value or something yeah. i don't know it's all bunch high of value bullshit. Men bullshit you guys high all know value what we're talking bullshit. about yeah yeah it, Andrew Tate like yeah the guy the guy's a psyop in the worst in the worst way uh you know what I mean like yeah anyway yeah we don't have to stick we've I've given my thoughts on Andrew Tate a million times but it's it's recognizing the problem of feminism and then giving the exact wrong answer wrong answer you're just like I'm gonna I'm gonna correct for feminism by hating women and being awful like that doesn't fix nothing the funny thing about this is is that Andrew Tate hates a certain type of woman and that certain type of woman that he hates hates the certain type of man that he is. And mm-hmm. neither one of them is re- realistic to like right. most people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he it's hates the, he hates the blue haired feminist and mm-hmm. the, the blue haired feminist hates the chauvinistic, uh, you know, kind of effeminate fuck boy? chinless fuck boy. Right. And they, they both hate each other and then they like project that onto everybody else. And it's yep. like most people are like that is not how men and women are in real life. Uh, but they only spend time around like the worst of the worst anyway. And this, well, this is another, this is another thing that the internet has done for relationships is it, it has put all of these viral horror stories in front of our faces and convinced us that that's the norm. And because we're not getting out there, we're mm-hmm. seeing the worst of people online. We're seeing, we're seeing just tiny glimmers of, 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 of personalities of people online. And we're not getting out there in real life and recognizing that like most people are pretty reasonable. 
especially if you're looking in the right places, especially if you're going to church events, especially if you're putting yourself in situations with people who are likely to share your values. Like if, if you're scrolling only fans and then you're screaming that you can't find a nice traditional woman, like you're in the wrong place, <laughs> my dude. Right. So, okay. Um, we have, we, we have come to the devaluation on both political sides. So if, even if you happen to get through, even if you, if you find a mate through all of that nonsense, um, the, the devaluation of, of marriage, encouraging people to not get married, even though they are pursuing romantic relationships. And we have, um, you guys, a lot of you probably saw it, that viral TikTok that was going around with, um, with the ring, putting on the ring. We'll just show it real quick. I think I have seen. Those are quite a few different versions, but here's one yeah, of them. Yeah, I think this is the first one. Have you seen like the, this reminds me, I wish I would have thought of it to bring this up, but have you seen the, um, like that page, like fed posting or something like that things, yeah. things feds would post on yeah. Twitter. And it's essentially just like all this, like, uh, you know, femme tranny boy, like devaluing relationships yeah. type of like yeah. weirdness and like degrading the culture in that way. Like this, I would, I'm not saying it is, cause I don't think it is. I think there's just genuine outgrowth of feminist, you know, propaganda yeah. over the years. But like, this is, if I was, if I was Planned Parenthood and like, I actually cared about the depopulation agenda and I wanted to have a propaganda wing, I would have made that TikTok. Yeah. It's all the worst things that about marriage in a second. It's like, it's not the joy of the moment. It's not the wedding. It's not the honeymoon. It's not the wonderful times mm -hmm. with kids. It's cooking and cleaning. Which you're going to do as to a do single anyway. woman taking care of your fucking cats anyway. Alone. Like, it's so retarded. It's so <laughs> retarded. It's like, you think that by not being married and having a fulfilling relationship and children, which, by the way, you can train to do some of the cooking and cleaning, ladies. It's very possible. Child labor? Uh, got two of them. Got two of them. Got them working all the time. Over time. I haven't CPS. done a dish in years. I haven't done a dish in years. <laughs> yeah, a dish in years. Um... <laughs> I haven't folded a cloth or a shirt. No, I'm just kidding. But like, I yeah, it's so stupid. It's the like the 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 what the few times where you're not feeling well and you have to clean as if that's not a thing you're gonna do single anyway. Yeah, it's so retarded. I I want to I want to come back to this this idea of like the 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 weight of the of the of the cleaning and the childcare and stuff, but not mm. yet. So the, the next piece of, of this, it was right in the Jaffe memo, encouraging young people to wait a long time to get married. And, and the rhetoric is like, you're too young. Wait till you're in your 30s. You've only dated a year. You should date seven. You need to live together before you're married. Um, all the wor worst advice ever, All the by worst the way. advice ever. Mm -hmm. um, just the other day, there was some viral tweet putting down... It, I don't know if it was viral, but it came across my path, putting down Christians for getting married quickly. Um, and it's like... I've seen... Yeah, I've seen this. I'm I'm sorry that I dated someone for <clears throat> nine months and married them as soon as I, like, knew 
that's what I the, wanted. The people, the people who put it down are also the people with the, like in the higher divorce rate category. Anyway. Exactly. So like, I'm, I'm never exactly. that worried about it. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're projecting their own misery, which again yeah. is what happens that there's a lot of rhetoric from bitter divorcees out there who are actively discouraging younger people uh, against getting wrote- married. And they all wrote sitcoms in the 90s where it was like always this stupid, ugly husband with this wonderfully attractive supermodel wife and how much they hated each other and how they didn't have sex. And it was the whole thing. It's like every episode was the same episode, whether you're watching Married with Children or Everybody Loves Raymond or King of Queens. It was all the same show. Yeah. There's just a lot of instead of learning from their mistakes shoving their mistakes on other people. And you have to watch out for people like that. You have to watch out for bitter, angry people in any facet of life who are trying to shove their own unhappiness and their own mistakes on you instead of helping you to do better than them and wanting you to have something better than than they had. Okay, let's look at divorce rates. Super fun, super fun. But this is definitely part of depopulation. Um, Which one, the Forbes one? The Forbes one. Okay. Breaking down... um, those the familial ties was right there in the Jaffe memo. Um, if we look at this graph, divorce rates from 2000 to 2021, we do see a, a slight decrease over time in divorce rates. Um, however, uh, that's because marriage rates have decreased also. I was going to say, you, you know, it's like less people are getting divorced now, but that's because most people are living, uh, living roommates, whatever, with yeah. five kids. Yeah. Or like three kids from a previous marriage. No, not marriage. They're never married. They're just having kids with people and then moving their kids to the next apartment with the next person. Mm-hmm. And it's just this big mess. But like that is a, a significant portion of people that I know anymore. It's it's really sad and weird, but that is like where most people are at. I'm sorry if you're listening. I just called you sad and weird, but it is. You, you, you messed up. Do better. Um, there's hope for you. Yeah. In, uh, I'm sorry. In- I just, I just make, I'm making a joke because I'm not going to apologize. Like... You, if that's your lifestyle, yeah, it exactly. just sucks. Exactly. Uh, in 2021, a total of 689,308 uh, divorce, divorces incurred uh, across the 45 UA, U.S. states that reported. Um, and during that same year, a million, uh, almost 2 million marriages occurred. So the marriage rate is, is 6 per 1,000 people, um, which is a lot lower than you would you would hope it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll look at the marriage rates in a little bit. But um, 50% of marriages end in divorce is, is kind of that popular statistic, but that's just first marriages. Um, 50% of first marriages end in divorce. And then, and then your, your chances of divorce significantly go up um, after, after that first marriage is already, already ended. Um Top reasons for divorce, lack of commitment, 75%. Infidelity or extramarital affairs, 60%. Uh, too much conflict and arguing, 58%. Getting married getting married too young, 45%. Again, it's like an excuse people I, give. I don't, bu- I don't buy that one at all. I think that was entirely made up and fake. I think yeah. people say that to themselves. I don't think, yeah. it's, I don't think it's true. Um, somewhere in here... Maybe I don't have to dig for it, but there's is... differences. It is one of the lower ones, but like 
that's like duh like like yeah why did you marry that person? this is the stupidest yeah. thing in the world like oh yes everything i believe is the most important thing about life and where i'm gonna go and who i worship and all that stuff we don't have to agree on that it's the stupidest thing in the world to, to marry someone of a different religion mm -hmm. uh no you can't make it work uh it, not if you actually care about your religion or if they care about theirs yeah um, if you scroll down, there is a average age at first marriage in the United States graph. Graph. Yeah. Got lots of graphs. Yeah. That's it's a lot like, of information in this. Oh, are you here? Yeah. Average age at first marriage. Yeah. See, you, and you can see the age, the average age at first marriage is significantly going up and, and, wow. and higher for men than women. It's, it's real bad. What is it for men? Is it almost 35 now for... 30, 30. Yeah, that's really yeah. high. That's a lot higher than I would have thought. And women is 20. Then again, yeah. me and Deanna are always making jokes. We're the only people our age with kids, like of yeah. our friend groups, like or people yeah. we hang out with or would hang out with. They don't want to hang out with us because we have kids and they don't. And they're like 30. So, yeah. yeah. Um, some, somewhere, somewhere in here is a statistic that completely belies that, um, uh, that, that, you should live together before you're married. Couples that cohabitate oh, we already before they're married. It, it was way up at the top. Right. It said, uh, yeah, it's very. A lot more likely to get divorced if you cohabitate. Um, and yet, and yet every, everybody will tell you. you Couples you who live, live together before first. marriage are more likely to get divorced. Yeah. Living together prior to marriage in one uh, predictor to a likely divorce, a total of 57% of couples who did not cohabitate prior to marriage had a union that lasted 20 or more years compared to 46%. Okay. So, Yeah. 50% mm -hmm. of people who didn't live together lasted. 46% of people who did live together uh, yeah. lasted. So it's not quite as stark, but it's still bad. Yeah. yeah. I would encourage you, this Forbes article was published just two days ago, and it's got so much, like, really informative statistic in it. Um, mm -hmm. I'll just pop it in the chat real quick. You guys go have fun with it. I could get lost in, in it and... and the point is that that divorce rates are definitely affecting population because obviously um, the next article we have here uh, is from census.gov is your state in step with national marriage and divorce trends. I don't really care if my state's in step with the trends, but this first paragraph here. Both the marriage and divorce rates of U.S. women age 15 and older declined. From 2011 to 2021. In 2021, the U.S. marriage rate was 14.9 marriages in the last year per 1,000 women, down from 16.3 a decade earlier. Um, so the marriage rate has significantly declined. And, mm -hmm. and the 2021 divorce rate dropped to 6.9 in the last year from 9.7 divorces per 1,000 women in 20, 2011. So it, it's... <laughs> It's not really encouraging that divorce rates are dropping because marriage rates are are dropping. Um, all right. All right. Yeah, and I, then I, you have that messy like, what is you know, living together with kids from how many different like, how do you even factor that in? Because I yeah. think that's where our, that's where those people are going to. Right. From you know. And and I want to point out that that. The rhetoric against getting married is coming from both sides of the aisle. It's not like just the feminists are pushing against marriage or just the divorces or whatever. There's rhetoric from all over the place about either waiting to get married 
or not getting married at all. And, and a lot of it is coming out of um, injustice. The Red Pill movement's a huge part of it, The Red too, Pill right? movement's a huge part of it. I do want to briefly acknowledge that the, the divorce family court, th- there are significant problems. And, and mm-hmm. injustices happen, and, and it's like people who have been through that, I can see why they're like really wanting to warn other people off going through the same thing but (laughs) does john need a five minute time out for slander against me what's he saying in chat now oh he's calling me old he's calling me old it's like he doesn't appreciate being cradle robbed or something this is the real this is the real gender (laughs) divide you guys me and my husband are gonna fight over how old i am not anyway um I'm anyway, just clicking yeah. on comments over here. I'm just gonna leave this one on the screen for a little while. So I'll keep going, keep going. We're good. But yeah, like you, you, I think it could be part of this whole agenda to break up families to to make to make family divorces um, unjust. There, there seems to be a lot of corrupt judges in family courts who are intent on making things as difficult as possible, particularly for men, as unjust as possible, particularly for men, and and. Um, it's it's hard to tell because whenever I see a real asshole going on and on online about how awful women are and how unjust divorce court is, I'm like, are you sure you weren't the problem, sir? But I've witnessed it like not personally. Yeah. I've witnessed good men have their kids taken away from them mm-hmm. is my point. So yeah. I understand that it's friend of the woman, not friend of the court thing. There is there is problems, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I think the I think it's I think the answer most of the time is just uh, don't get divorced. <laughs> don't get divorced. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the next section, which is. Nope, not that one. Wait. I might have screwed it up. PJ screwed it up. It's fine. It's fine. I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you what it was supposed to say. <laughs> Depopulation <laughs> by birth control and infertility. I'm 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 podcasting out of a closet here, okay? Like what I I kept break. changing it and it kept not changing and I thought it stuck and it didn't. Aww, so that's, that's, that's my bad. No worries. Okay, so if you get through all that, you 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 get a relationship, you keep your relationship, you avoid divorce, you avoid all the all the resentment and the gender wars and you, and you make it here you can still get pulled under by the depopulation stuff. So the first, the first piece is the delay. We've already talked about, about the delay in, in getting married. And then, and then even after getting married, the delay in having kids, literally in a closet, <laughs> literally in a closet. <laughs> Sorry. People are asking in chat. So I'm like, I'll just reach over and grab something off of a hanger over here. No. <laughs> Keep talking. Why, why are you surrounded with women's clothing? <laughs> It's, it's my wife's closet. <laughs> uh, but we, but your wife's real. She's so real. That's why she has all this clothes over here. Yeah, but why? So. Okay. We don't have to anyway. have a conversation about all your women's clothing <laughs> in your empty house. Uh, the economy. It's not, I think, it's not a silence of lambs situation, but keep going. A lot of people, a lot of people put off having kids because of the economy. John and I put off having kids because of the economy. I and mean, we were married... I mean, we've been married just about almost five years, five years in February, and we're just now pregnant with our first. And that was 100% because of 
financial reasons um and not not thinking that we could and even now it's like freaky scary like are we gonna be, are we gonna make it work are we gonna be able to do this um because generally speaking on average in the united states people need two incomes and and trying to get by on just one is really hard and and you're doing it you're doing intentionally it, so though it's intentionally so that's the thing right yeah it was in the jaffe memo we can see that people used to have a, a better standard of living mm-hmm. on one income as they do on two income uh households today or equal to i should mm-hmm. say probably right but yeah so it's, in, part, in of, order it's to, part of the depopulation agenda yeah. exactly so in order to have kids you have to give up all or a significant amount of that second income and then simultaneously take on the expense of having a kid. That's really difficult to even just as a responsible adult. I think a lot of times this is framed as like, just stop being, stop being, um, stop buying avocado toast and, and give up your ridiculously high lifestyle. And, and it's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm trying to be like responsible, able to provide reasonably for, for a child. Um, okay. Home ownership is also part of this. Um, BlackRock, we've talked a lot about how BlackRock has gotten into this, but it's, it's more than just BlackRock. Wall Street in general has purchased, uh, this CNBC article has purchased hundreds of thousands of single family homes since the great recession in 2008. Uh, here's what that means for rental prices. We don't have to get into this article, but but we we all know, right? We all know that it's getting harder to find houses to buy. It's getting harder to buy houses. It's getting harder to rent because rent's getting higher and higher. The whole housing thing is a problem. Right. And again, like the point of showing all this is it's not just an accident. This is, this mm-hmm. is intentional. The same people who are pushing the, the population bomb ideas of the same people who are using government fu- government money to fund BlackRock to steal homes from you, to right. outbid uh, a, a family that could actually use a nice home right. uh, to a, the tune of triple, quadruple what the freaking house is worth. So, right. yep. Um, so I, I know we're in this like birth control and <clears throat> fertility section, but kind of going backwards a little bit, um, where is... Where's the, the Los Angeles Times article? Yeah. Oh, I don't have that one because, okay, you have it. I have it here. Um, yeah. Well, failure to launch. Why young people are having less sex. There's there's less interest in Gen Z. A lot of studies have been done on this. I'm just going to kind of summarize this. Just a lot less interest in in sex. And, and in some ways, this is a good thing, right? Because there's like less, there's less casual sex, which is, which is, which is good. <laughs> But, Gen Z is having less casual sex than than the millennials, from right. what I understand, right? Yeah. Yes, and and this is well established. But at the same time, it's like a we talking about it earlier, like kind of like that apathy, that failure to launch this this whole mm-hmm. like um, this article talks a lot about just education's taking a long time and launching's taking a long time, and so kids are waiting longer and longer to hit milestones they should be hitting sooner so that's it's pushing back from it's just it's just this whole part of pushing back marriage pushing back kids pushing back pushing back all of those milestones i think the i think the infantilization like the nanny mm-hmm. state infantilization goes both directions though yes. because uh like 
when when my daughter was in public school for a very short time, I think just through first grade. And when we took her to go into kindergarten, she was five years old, and they said, oh, no, you have to be six to start kindergarten. And I was like, the fuck? Like, I started at five. Everybody started at five. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, six? I thought it was five. And they're like, no, that's first kindergarten. And I was like, hold, step back. What? They're like, yeah, there's there's pre-K, and then there's kindergarten. And when you start kindergarten, you're supposed to be six. But we actually want the kids to be here for, I don't even know what the fuck they call it, young somethings. So what I found out... Is they want your kid, at least in my state, to start public school at three years old, go through two years of public preschool, then go through pre-kindergarten, then go to kindergarten, then start first grade at seven years old. So you've got like four years of freaking like programming a child in in this nanny state way Mm -hmm. before they start a a serious actual grade. Like, so what we did when, again, we pulled her out of public school, but at the time I was like, no, she can test she can be in kindergarten. This right. is ridiculous. What does she need to know to go into kindergarten? Like right. she can, it's she knows her numbers. She can grade. count. She, yeah, it's first. No, it was kindergarten. It's, it's kindergarten. not even first grade. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I could, I should be able to send her to kindergarten, not knowing a damn thing. And that's your job. Yeah. But no, like we we're not irresponsible parents. So she knew everything. Right. Uh, anyway, eventually, long story short, we pull our kids out of public school, but I was just realizing that they're expanding infancy both ways. They're making it harder mm. for kids to launch. They're, infantilizing them with pornography and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever. But they're also like nanny stating your kids all the way back to like, well, you're not really ready. You're not emotionally ready. That's what they told us. They're like, we're not sure your daughter's emotionally ready for kindergarten. I was like, I don't even know how to speak. I don't even speak the same language as these retards. Right. Like not like, emotionally ready for kindergarten. You could make an mean? argument that a child isn't emotionally ready to be parted from their mother all day long. But if you're already <clears throat> putting them in like K3 all day long without their mother, then yeah. then then I call bullshit. Well, that's what they said. Is that she's not emotionally ready for kindergarten. So they want her to come to school for pre-K. And right. I was like, she's five. Like, it's not that she's having anxiety separation right. issues. You just want to like infantilize my kid into the right. nanny state system another year and have more control and more of your hooks in, in our children longer. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail your point. No, that was that was good. That was good. Yeah. That's it's the perpetual childhood is the hashtag adulting. It's I it's hate just, hashtag adulting with a passion. Yeah. No, not, no, sorry. I don't hate adulting. I hate the trend of hashtag, hashtag adulting. adulting. I have to like cook a meal or some shit and be a, not a uh, lump on a log. Um, yeah, I want to address this comment. I don't think they are forcing people to get into porn. It's just easy to find and humans are by nature going to go for it. Yeah, we're not suggesting that that they're forcing people to get into porn. It's just our culture is so I don't know. I disagree with you. It. I disagree really? with you. No, I think they absolutely are forcing people. I don't, I don't know if forcing is the right word, but you can't go anywhere without it being shoved into your yes. face. It's like yeah. they're absolutely yeah. programming you to become a porn addicted person. Yes. 100%. And it's by design and it's by design. A hundred percent. It's by design. Get on Instagram for five minutes. And if you're a man and you scroll past any woman that you find attractive, they I've looked at the studies. I've listened to people who work there. If your eyes track that you looked at that woman a little bit longer than another woman, your for you page on Instagram will be porny AF based around the type of women that you like. They're hmm. absolutely indoctrinating you into the porn culture. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's in movies. Like, why does Game of Thrones have to have like sex scenes in the background of every dialogue it's in the book, scene? PJ, it's in the no, book. No, it's not. PJ. Who gives a shit? They're bad books anyway. My point <laughs> is, our books. entire culture is pushing you 
to become addicted to porn. It is the yeah. biggest, it's one of the biggest industries out there. It's not just, well, we kind of already like sex anyway. Like right. there's a, there's an agenda to it. hundred percent. It's part of the depopulation yeah. agenda. It's part for money. It's part for just the demonic agenda in and of itself. But when you can, when you see the way that they're doing it, it's not just, well, we kind of would have liked porn anyway. It's not a, not a good enough answer. There's abs, there's absolutely nefarious yeah. people who have an agenda for money and for other things to get you addicted to porn. Yeah. It's, I think, I think you, you're, you're both getting hung up on the word forced. I, no, I that's don't why I said, I'm not sure not, forced is the right word, but the right it's word, definitely, but it's definitely yeah. an agenda. Like it's yes. not an accident. It's not coincidental. Well, it's not it's, forced. Isn't the right word, but it's not a coincidence. You're putting young men in a position where they are as human Young men who are figuring out their sexuality, they are highly, highly, highly unlikely to have the wherewithal to right. say no, at least from the very beginning. I, I think. That well, the, and then just think about like what are the trends on TikTok and Instagram? They're they're geared towards younger people, which means younger mm -hmm. people are going to mm -hmm. want phones, want to be on yeah. these platforms that are pushing porn on you. So like, yeah, th there's an agenda to it. You, you, it's both things Lord, are true. Cokes, right? Yeah, good. Yeah, those are all. Yeah. Inundated, lured you're not, folks. You're not good forced, for but to to not recognize that society is incredibly pushing this, and that you have to take pretty pretty uh, extreme measures to avoid it and to say no. Um, and you should, and you can. Like I, I fully believe in men's ability to say no to porn. I fully believe in men's ability to walk away from it. But as far as like expecting that young men will never ever struggle with it that's ridiculous every young man's gonna struggle with it because I, I don't know how any man doesn't struggle with it and that's being like 100 percent honest because yeah. it is forced in your face yeah. everywhere you go like people were just saying like soap commercials are like weirdly sexy now it's like right why right. you know yeah men's soap by the way like um, they, they put like a bunch of female models in men's soap commercials men's soap, yeah like, yeah. yeah so not forced but shoved and 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 every yeah every young man's going to be struggling mm. with it and should struggle with it and it is a good fight to fight um and 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 win so okay how do we get back on porn darn it i don't know um because okay. it's everywhere it's everywhere <laughs> let's, let's move on okay talk about something else yes okay so encouraging women to focus on their careers and freeze their eggs. So companies are doing this more and more. Culture is pushing this idea more and more that, that if women are, are want to have kids in the future, they should just freeze their eggs. Um, and here is a, here is a freezing company who, who, who's pitching to employers why they should offer these benefits. Um, while egg freezing by This benefits. is the creepiest thing to me. Sorry, it's go really ahead. Creepy. I just like, yeah. right off the bat, it's creepy. While egg freezing benefits are becoming more common, unfortunately, the majority of Americans don't have any coverage at all. The biggest reason for this is the expense. And they, they go into, like, it's expensive and, and most insurance won't cover it. So you, the employer, should cover it. For those who are considering delaying having children, egg freezing benefits can be a valuable resource and it benefits the employer too. It can help to promote <clears throat> Gender equity in the workplace, attract and retain top talent, improve job satisfaction, and provide cost savings for employees. Reading between the lines, like, if you can convince a woman to wait to have kids and tell her it's going to be 
a-okay if she just freezes her eggs and you'll even pay for it you don't have to lose her you get you probably get, I, I bet the cost benefit analysis is that it is cheaper to freeze eggs and get the woman to shut the fuck up so that way you can keep her working and not pay maternity leave you know what yeah. i mean not lose yep. a trained employee because that's yep. what it is right it's there, there's no care on the part of the employer for the, the woman's family yeah for her her actual future the things that she was made to do it's how can we keep this employee longer and how can we get her to shut up because that's all mm -hmm. it is like that's what it is right oh, freeze your eggs don't worry about it don't worry about it don't worry about it it's like oh by the way uh how often is how often is it that this doesn't work that these frozen eggs don't work and and they don't there's a really high i don't even have the statistics on this but like it is a lie that you can that you can um, just freeze your eggs and everything will be okay and that you can wait as long as whenever and and get right mm -hmm. up close to menopause and then and then you're going to be able to implant um, children successfully whenever you want to. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't actually bear out that way. It is it is a lie, um, and it's a lie being pushed by companies that want to make money off freezing your eggs it's a lie being pushed by the types of companies that are paying that are paying for this meta google netflix uber apple um all of those offer offer that and i think other companies are going to follow but but those are companies that have massive control in the world massive um cultural control that are that are leading the way on on this this lie that you should just wait forever to have kids freeze your eggs you'll be fine and they're probably ran by billionaires who actually believe in the population bomb agenda thing and yeah are hoping to replace you with ai to live in a utopia with the 500 million yes. uh, elites and robot servants essentially yeah. <clears throat> and you know on, t on top of you know workplaces paying to freeze your eggs workplaces are also paying for abortions we already mentioned this workplaces are paying for um expenses surrounding abortions they're like we'll pay for you to drive to another state if you need to drive to another state we'll pay for you to like stay in a hotel and like anything for you to get the abortion <laughs> like how they can get we're away pro women. with that that's what it yeah is. We're yeah pro, yeah can you imagine telling somebody like, hey, um, I'm going to kill your kids so you can get back to work? Because that's what they're saying. There, but yeah. they like they have all these ways to word like, I'm going to murder your child so you can uh, shut up and get back to your nine to five. <laughs> yeah. Crazy world we live in. Anyway, So here here we come to this the general devaluation of parenthood. And this is just across the board. Uh, tons of this children will ruin your life. They're the worst rhetoric. Mm -hmm. um, but even beyond that, to a larger scale, we're, we're seeing more and more of this like climate change, don't have kids for the sake of the planet rhetoric, um, stuff about like, yeah, do, do your part, reduce your, you know, every kid is going to be a carbon footprint. So be a hero and don't have kids. I, I've heard this one before. I've heard this one before. There was the 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 druids, yeah, you know, and they would sacrifice their kids mm -hmm. to the rain gods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now we just mm -hmm. abort the children to climate change gods. It's the same thing. Nothing yep. new under the sun. Nothing new. Um, just workplaces and public spaces in general. Public sentiment has become hostile to parenthood and, and children. You see a lot of people complaining about the presence of children in public spaces. How dare they bring their kids on this airplane? How dare they? Um, it was in the Jaffe memo to, to, to make these 
or make public spaces more hostile, make childcare less available. Um, child, child care is ridiculously expensive. <laughs> my, my HR department was like the, the HR lady at my work was like, have you looked at childcare yet? And I'm like, you don't pay me enough. You don't excuse me. <laughs> like I looked at her like, bitch, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you, you don't, you don't pay me. Like, even if I put my entire salary down, I don't think it would cover it. Not, not in this area. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would barely cover it. I would, my entire salary would be going toward child. It, it's like, are, are you, oh, I know you people that do this though. I know people that literally they, they want, they so badly don't want to raise their own kids. And I can't understand this where they will work. And they've told me, they're like, yeah, I probably actually lose money going to work uh, because Jeez. of the cost of childcare. But I do it. And I'm like, are, are you, mm. are you retarded? Like it, you're already living the single income lifestyle. You've already made the, yeah. the adjustments. Just be a mom. Just be a mom. You know, yeah. I don't know. But, the, but, but that's yeah, what they're brainwashed. That. Is, that's that's what they brain, have to believe. Yeah. They believe they have to do it. They have to do it. $5 rumble rip from not for sale. <laughs> LOL, how dare parents bring kids on airplanes, but fat people can redeem a free second seat on, on <clears throat> certain airlines on Southwest, yeah, right? No yeah, no shit. Yeah. Also, I, I look, I can't even do it casually. Whiskey Biz is like, PJ just casually drinking nips. I found these like cute little Jameson bottles of whiskey <laughs> hit, hiding in my desk when I was you know moving stuff around. And I'm like, I have got to try these. So yes, I've got, I've got a few little airplane bottles. Talking about airplanes, Cute. they're pretty good. This one's the stout. This it's not even a sponsor. This one's a stout edition. It's pretty good. Oh, we'll, well keep that's going. So adorable, PJ. Um, <clears throat> I only I only like to drink if it, if I can if I can drink and be cute at the same time. So it's either like pink with the the umbrella, or it's the little airplane bottles, you know. Or some fancy, you know, okay. gay California IPA or something. <laughs> I'll shut up. Oh, That's anyway. fair. That's fair. But yeah, our culture, that. our culture is increasingly hostile to children, and and I think that this also contributes to parents being slower, potential parents being slower to have children. <clears throat> and like the idea that kids are going to ruin your life because they're going to make it so you can't do anything anymore. That whole thing is coming out of like because our culture doesn't accept bringing kids places that throughout history you always used to bring your kids to these places. You always used to. Like, oh yeah, be able and to go act, out and people act and, weird now when it's like you want to bring your kids places. Like yeah. I went everywhere with my dad as a kid, and it was yeah. just normal. Like yeah. the video store. Not oh gosh, this dates me. Uh, the video <laughs> rental store had a little play place in it when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, McDonald's yeah. had play places. Now they're McCafes. And yeah. uh, they're for douchebags who think that drinking trailer trash coffee <laughs> is sophisticated. Who is who's that branding for? I've never been able to understand McCafe's branding. Like they want to look like Starbucks, but everybody knows they're McDonald's. I don't. I don't even. Oh, I can't. Sorry. I anyway, can't even. I've never been able to understand it. Just be be the goofy clown guy with the chicken nuggets. Stop trying to be Starbucks. I You're would not rather drink the burnt mermaid coffee than go to McDonald's. I know. I get a lot of free McDonald's coffee. It's awful. It's awful. It's cheaper, um, though. Yeah. So so all that, all of that leads to prolonged slash indefinite birth control use. Um, mm-hmm. Long-term, often hormonal birth control use. So let's, chronic, chronic birth. Let's just call it as chronic, chronic birth control. Chronic birth control use. Yeah. Um, so 
we have from the CDC some statistics on birth control use. Uh, in 2015 to 2017, 64.9% of the 72.2 million women aged 15 to 49 in the United States were currently using contraception. The most common contraceptive methods uh, were female sterilization. 18.6%. Mm-hmm. What do they mean by female sterilization? They mean like literally like her yeah. hysterectomies? Like tubes. That's, that's a big number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think that a lot of what happens is is you have your perfect two kids and then mm-hmm. you're done. Um, and right. sometimes that's medically necessary, but it, not for 18.6% of all women, all women of childbearing No, not age. for 18%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oral contraceptive pill, 12.6%. Long-acting reversible contraceptives, um, that's IUDs, implants, stuff like that. Mm. Um, and male condom, 8.7%. 8, 8. So that's that's the breakdown there. Um, it's a lot of, most of that is is hormonal. Uh, the, or, the oral and the long-acting reversible are, are mostly hormonal birth control. Gotcha. And... This has consequences. There are consequences to, and this is heavily censored. So I've got this from from live action, but oh, I say sorry, heavily, I had the wrong one. Yep, heavily, there, I got the right yeah. one. Yeah, um, ten risks of birth control that every woman should know. If you go to any any um, big pharma page, they'll tell you all this stuff is bullshit. But it's. Except for all you, the women that we've all met who have right. had all you know, had, had these problems. Yeah. Yeah. So pulmonary embolism is a risk. Heart attack or stroke is a risk. Breast cancer is a risk. Cervical cancer is a risk. All of those things are, it's like, it, it, keep, keep them from having kids and kill them early. Great for population control. Um, depression. Two for one. Get two birds stoned at once. Depression is so undersold, but like, depression and mood stuff with women i i feel like there's so much there's so much that is valid about male frustration with women uh in today's culture and a lot more of it than people realize i think comes down to hormonal birth control uh, moodiness and and um so much stuff Look, comes periods down are to- bad but like i almost wonder how like how much of the uh the rhetoric around women being like crazy with their mood swings is just like covered for the fact that you're taking a bunch of SSRIs and and hormonal birth control pills. Maybe women used to get a little bit cranky on their period but weren't like complete effing monsters on on the whole. You know what I mean? I I get I had similar mood swings. I was I had an IED for a few years and I I had similar mood swings both ways. But I felt more like good when I was off of it. Like the mood swings just felt more like Yes, I have extra the hormones, but they're, swings. it's like, yes, my emotions are more intense, but it's like yeah. a, a good intensity, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can make sense of that. Anyway, um, alterations in <laughs> we'll the brain research mm-hmm. released in 2019. And if you're interested in looking at these studies, they've linked all of these studies in here. Um, the 23% more likely to be diagnosed with depression. Um, found that uh, using birth control pills had significantly smaller hypothalamus volume compared to women who did not take the pill. Um, Responsible for producing hormones helps to regulate things like body temperature, mood, appetite, sex drive, sleep cycles, and heart rate. Um, 
study found greater anger and symptoms of depression among women using birth control, hormonal birth control. Um, there's uh, implant migration, increased risk of HIV, infertility. The use of hormonal birth control carries an increased risk of short-term infertility among women who take birth control for two years or longer. 54% of women who try to become pregnant after using condoms as birth control delivered a baby within a year. Compared to just 32% of women who used hormonal birth control, women who used an IUD for more than six years had the highest rate of infertility. So the longer you are on the hormonal birth control, the worse it gets for the more likely you just never have kids. Yeah. But it goes back to like you, the same big pharma idea around the whole uh, medical castration thing with, mm-hmm. you know, you can just pause your period for a few years and figure out if you want to be a girl. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're chemically castrated. Yeah. I mean, you wait till you're 35 to finally go off birth control. You already have decreased fertility, and then, and then you. That's yeah, yeah. That's the weird part of this whole thing to me is your first statistic was between women between this and 49. I'm like, 49 year old women are on birth control. <laughs> Why? Because they because they stayed on it <clears throat> so long that they don't even know if they would. They're have afraid gone to. Through. Com- yeah, they don't. That's what I was gonna say. They don't know if they've gone through menopause and they're afraid yeah. to come off of it and like get a get pregnant at like 48 years old. Yeah. Probably won't, but yeah, it's yeah. it's also keeps the uh, money coming into the to big pharma, right? It really does. Um, indig- okay, um, another ano- yeah, another consequence that some people will talk about and others won't um, is decreased libido. So. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how many places were like, it has nothing to do with this. But then WebMD is like, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Normally I wouldn't go to WebMD, but this is so casually like um, most birth control pills. The pill can- works because you won't want to have sex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> most, most birth control pills contain the female hormones, estrogen and progestin. They're often called combined pills. The types and amounts of hormones vary, but they all tinker with the way your body works. Um, many combined pills lower your testosterone that's the hormone that makes you want to have sex you probably think of testosterone as guy hormone women have it too just not as much um so remember what effect estrogen and progestin have on testosterone they lower testosterone keep that Mm -hmm. in mind um so yeah decreasing but but this this like not just harms birth rates but harms the relationship as a whole. There's so many. I think that I think there's going to be more and more work done in the following years about the 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 incredible harm of hormonal birth control as more and more information comes out. I've started to see it just in the past year. People starting to talk about how how bad this stuff actually is. We might see class action lawsuits. We'll see. Um, Okay, more fun stuff. Vasectomy statistics. It's actually not not as bad as I would have um, feared. But this is from UChicago Medicine. While the absolute numbers among the general population remain low, roughly 4% of men report having undergone sterilization in their lifetime. Um, The 26% relative increase in vasectomy rates means urologists must be prepared for more frequent family planning conversations. So it is is actually a pretty significant increase, 26% relative increase. That kind of sucks. 
It is. I can see why it's not higher just because, again, I feel like the norm in today is like Mm -hmm. you just I think the assumption and it's probably a correct assumption. Ninety five percent of the time is that women between the ages of 18 and 50 apparently Mm -hmm. are on birth control and and will be unless they want to have kids and then probably still won't be able to have them uh, because they've been on it too long. Yeah. And they waited and froze their eggs and don't have any good ones left. But yeah, no, I think I, I mean, I'm not wrong to I don't think I'm wrong to assume that most women probably are on the pill. I think it's probably mm. significantly like within the majority. High. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think the statistics we showed earlier showed that, mm-hmm. that, you know, well, not the pill. Most, uh, the, I think the, the highest I, you numbers know what I are mean. from I the I say the pill as a, as a catch all because I think IUDs yeah. are, are the probably, highest. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And IUDs affect you not as badly because it's more targeted. The pill's mm-hmm. real bad. It's it's real, real bad. Um, okay. Once you get through all that, once you decide to go off birth control, you decide to finally have kids in... You've gotten through all of these hurdles, all of these depopulation agenda pieces, and then you, get, you run up against infertility. So I want to show this 2016 article on infertility just to show you what people were saying in 2016 it's from premier health what's up with rising infertility rates infertility is more common than most people think today as many as one in seven couples trying to have a baby will experience infertility in fact recent studies show that after a year of having unprotected sex 15 percent of couples are unable to conceive a child and after two years 10 percent of couples had still not achieved a successful pregnancy that's dramatically different than it was 20 or 30 years ago what's more infertility is expected to increase in the future by 2025 almost 10 million couples will encounter problems in having a baby um this prediction came true today instead of one in seven it is one in six and that's not just america that is worldwide according to the who okay this is insane because uh, you guys know that i do the the real conspiracies and uh i said this on air a few weeks i don't remember what what we were doing a game stream or something i asked Mm -hmm. people what they want the next one to be and a lot of people said children of men i'm gonna just say this i watched the movie I probably won't do an episode on it because I'm just going to say what it needs to be said about it here. The predictive programming in it is the pretty much the only interesting. I mean, it's a good movie, but like as far as conspiracies go, the predictive programming is the the only thing really worth talking about. And it was this. It was these articles from the World Health Organization on a wall in this scene mm-hmm. where the whole movie is about at, in 2009 because this movie was a while ago. In 2009, people stopped having kids. And then you see the newspaper articles, one in six are having trouble with infertility. 50% of women can't have babies. And it just goes and, and, you know, sperm Mm. decreases and all these things. And then it's just nobody freaking has kids. Like it's, it's the most, it's, it's actually a good movie because it shows just how bleak of a world it would be when everybody knows their time is ticking. And once you're dead, it's all over. Like the whole thing, like the whole human project is just done. Um, Well, that's the It's actually a pretty good movie. The driving thing behind Handmaid's Tale, everyone likes to pretend that Handmaid's Tale is like about about oppressive Christian culture. No, the driving force behind like the Christianity or whatever is just the the excuse to do the thing that they know that they need to do about population. And, and, because it's and about, I've read the book. It's a very intentional perversion of the Bible. Yes, but but yes, I agree. It's because their their infertility rates are insane, and they need yes, to keep and the they population desperately going. Need children, there's a C. I, I watched 
for I watched some of the Hulu. I got bored with it. I got bored with the characters, but there's there's a scene that was visceral in the in the Hulu adaptation where mm-hmm. the the hand the main character handmaid she knows that there's some um, her name is handmaid. <laughs> And it's her tail. Main, yeah, well, that's we don't really care what about an awful her. name. She's just, she's just a handmaid. Um, she there's there's a uh, delegates from another country that come into to the country she's in to Gilead, and she gets to them and she communicates to them how bad her situation is, and it looks for a minute like this ambassador is completely on her side, completely seeing like, Oh, this, this is, this is real bad. They're treating these handmaids real bad. We got to do something about it. And then there's the moment where they bring all the kids into the room, all the kids that the handmaids have had. And you watch the ambassador who thought that the handmaids treatment, the slavery, the sex slavery was terrible, change her mind because the kids were worth it. And it was mm-hmm. just like, holy crap, because that's what would happen, right? Yeah. And again, people were asking me what movie I was talking about. Uh, it's called Children of Men. It's got Clive Owen in it. And yes, if you see that movie, you would re- you would start to realize like a world where nobody's having kids. People like The Handmaid's Tale is almost like the prettiest version of what that world would look like, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Not advocating for like what they do. And my point is like you can understand a society like where everybody's going we have to do something or the whole thing is done. Like yeah. every, it's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. But they're pushing us in that way, right? Like yeah. they're doing the, I, I don't think they realize how much they're messing with the human anatomy, treating us like chemistry sets, pumping us full of all these different hormones and mercury and stuff like that. We'll get into more of mm-hmm. that in a second, but it's like at some point the infertility rate is going to become a real problem. And I know we're, I know we're not going to like get into it in this episode, but like there is a real there are real good studies from people who have shown the effects of a world where the the where essentially if we keep the replacement rate that we're at now we're screwed. Yeah, like it's it's not good stuff. It's it's kind of doom and gloom stuff. Yeah, I mean we're watching China in its death throes over this. It's literally what ha- is happening to China again. That why do you think they need slaves? Because they're they don't have the children have to replace the old people. To keep industry going. Yeah. And we're fixing it. I think a lot of people don't realize like, yes, illegal immigration is about votes, but it's also about population. Mm -hmm. It's only, yeah, according to all the statistics, the only reason America doesn't die in this, in this like world ending situation where people, the replacement rate gets too low is because we just import everybody here and it just becomes Mexico. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And Europe becomes, Europe becomes Saudi Arabia though. Yeah. So that's what anyway. happens. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Obesity. We're going to cir- we're circling back to obesity. We've already shown the statistics on obesity, but in this culture where it's even becoming unacceptable for doctors to tell you obesity is affecting your health, obesity affects fertility. So you have a culture where tons and tons of people are, ob- are obese. They are also struggling with fertility uh, and their doctors may or may not be telling them. So telling them mm-hmm. that losing weight could, could actually help them in, in a lot of ways and, and exercising could help them. Yeah. They're not fat. They just have really thick bones, like <laughs> a lot of calcium, a lot of, a lot of calcium. Okay. 
All right, let's talk about... And the about- bones make their stomachs stick out. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about PCOS, because this, this is a huge contributor to... Would you just call me? Um, I didn't call you anything. It was about your mom. Oh. But, oh, okay. Um, That's fair. Let's talk about polycystic ovary syndrome. So this is from the Mayo Clinic talking about this. Polycystic ovary syndrome is a problem with hormones fancy that that happens during the reproductive years if you have pcos you may not have periods very often or you may have periods that last many days you may also have too much of a hormone called androgen in your body with pcos many small sacs of fluid develop along the outer edge of the ovary these are called cysts the small fluid filled cysts contain immature eggs they are called follicles the follicles fail to regularly release eggs the exact cause of pcos is unknown Hold on, hold on. I, I, I can see where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. What you just explained in the mm-hmm. first two paragraphs mm-hmm. is exactly what your body does on the pill. Mm-hmm. And then it says this is called PCOS. It's bad and it's unknown how it's caused. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, I just want to make sure that I'm smarter or just more honest mm-hmm. than than the idiots at Mayo Clinic who wrote this article. I'm like, we couldn't, we couldn't possibly figure out why p- women's bodies are acting as if they're on the pill. Like, it's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it when they're, like, honest in their reporting in and then the headline. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk about post-pill PCOS. Because PCOS is something that allegedly <clears throat> you're supposed to fit, you know, if you're going to have PCOS, you have it. You know, immediately after you finish puberty, like, oh, you're just, you just have it. I'm sorry. But most women don't notice they have PCOS until after they go off the pill. And they're like, well, yeah, because the pill just like masked your PCOS symptoms. So you just didn't, you just didn't know, but you definitely, you had it. You always had, you always had it. Um, But post pill PCOS. What a gaslighty, what a gaslighty thing to say. Some people experience PCOS symptoms after stopping hormonal, hormonal birth control. The informal name for this is post-pill PCOS. These symptoms are typically, typically temporary and resolve without medical intervention. I also <sighs> had thick blood before the COVID vaccine. I just never knew it before my heart stopped. Yeah, yeah. Know what I mean? Hormonal contraceptives contain ingredients that affect how the body produces and processes hormones. These ingredients significantly affect hormonal functions. The body can become used to consistently receiving the medication and processing its ingredients. Stopping hormonal contraceptives means the body has to adjust to working without the medication, which can lead to changing hormone levels within the body. This may cause a temporary hormone imbalance as the body adjusts. I mean, imagine being on a drug for a long time and going off it and there not being consequences. Imagine yeah. your doctor telling you like these co- obvious consequences <clears throat> that you're 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 experiencing have nothing to do with the drug you were on for six years. Well, they also sell these things like they're consequence free. A hundred percent. All of it's right. consequence free, right? Birth control is consequence free. Puberty blockers are consequence free. Freezing your casual eggs is sex con- is consequence yeah. free. All Freezing it, your no eggs, all of the stuff, yeah. Nothing, nothing has any meaning until, until it's too late for you to make a decision mm-hmm. based on, based on anything. Um, okay. You had one more I thing wanna, here about PCOS? The, up. Yes. You want me to- I have, a, I have this study here that's talking about PCOS. 
we found that the prevalence of PCOS has increased by nearly 65% over the past decade. And we also found women with PCOS had a more severe phenotype overall than that a decade ago with significantly higher prevalence of obesity, hyperandrogenism, and primary infertility. So not only has the overall numbers of women experiencing PCOS increased, the severity of it of the I symptoms. I keep noticing the word androgyne popping up in all of these studies, by the way, that uh, there's a certain hormone called androgen that women yeah. are getting more of on, on birth control, that uh, there's higher prevalence of obesity, hyperandrogenism, and primary infertility. It almost yeah. feels like this chemistry set of people that we're treating women to be and the, the chemistry set that we're treating the trannies to be is the same freaking chemistry set. We're screwing it up here. We're putting kids on hormone mess, hormone blocking technology, yeah. you know, pills, but we're calling it something else. And then people are like, this, this is what's funny to me, right? Is we're all like as conservatives, as Christians, as, as rational human beings who don't want to see children mutilated are looking at Lupron and saying, yeah, that is bad, right? Like that is messing with a kid's hormone. It's a hormone blocker. Yeah. And then we're looking at the pill. And, but what is the pill if it's not a hormone blocker? Essentially, it's messing with the hormones of the body, right? Or am I wrong on this? Like my point is it's you're putting energy in all the same things. I think I think that it's a distinction without a difference if it's something else is my point. But it's not socially acceptable because we've gotten so used to the idea of a society on birth control that it's offensive to think of a, a society that's not on birth control. Yeah. Not on chemical birth control, I should say, right? Yeah. Not on like hormone screwing up type birth control. There's I'm better ways to do it, I know, but yeah. uh, this is this is the thing we have to do, right? So Yeah, and, and they're saying they're saying PCOS will just relax out. They're saying both things, right? They're saying it's not totally doing anything, but it. if it does, it'll relax and get yeah. better. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It's the, 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 the pill is definitely not doing anything bad to your body, but Mm -hmm. But if it did, it'll go away. And for a lot of women, it doesn't. Oh, the other thing mm -hmm. I want to mention about the hyperandrogenism, a lot of times that involves um, a lot of extra facial hair. So right, it really is the messing same... with the hormones. Yeah. Same yeah, I, I can't imagine yeah. that this would not lead women to being, again, more uncomfortable and more unsure of their body and their sex and all mm -hmm. this you know, gender for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I... Like when I was on the birth control, I didn't realize how much of my femininity had been gone until it came back. And I was like, shit, I like, I really feel like a woman again. Um, it just kind I of like, really settled. up <laughs> Need that soundboard button. But it's just, it's very subtle, the loss of it. But it, it really is. They really are taking something from you. It, it is not consequence free. Um, definitely contributes to weight. It's it's like mm. the 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 birth control contributes to the weight, and the and and the PCOS contributes to the weight, but the weight also contributes by itself to the infertility. It's just like a mess with with all of it. Um, all right, the next one, the next couple, you you have the studies and the information on the. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll uh, stop distracting am, Shania Twain. I am a Shania fan. All right. <laughs> <What was that? laughs> 
What was the next article you wanted me to pull up? Um, it's it's year two. The next couple are the HPV vaccine influencing infertility and the COVID vaccine influencing infertility. Yeah, so this one's interesting, right? Because it wasn't that long ago that it was common knowledge uh, that the HPV vaccine, which was pushed on young girls saying, hey, you're definitely going to sleep around 12-year-old girl, so mm-hmm. make sure that you get a vaccine for a, an STD. And yeah. I just thought it was weird messaging to, like, look your daughter in the eye and say, like, I know you're going to be a slut, so, like, let's let's get a new untested vaccine for an STD that you're definitely going to get. Like, I just always felt like that was bad parenting. People could disagree with me. I, I would never say something like that to my daughter, but... I always felt weird about it. And then it came out that this thing actually was, I I was noticing at least, Mm. a lot of girls my age telling me personally, I can't have kids. I don't know why. It's weird. We want to have kids and we can't. Um, And then I I noticed these studies come out, but now the the narrative has changed a bit. So I want to talk about this. So there's uh, this study here from PubMed. It says a lowered probability of pregnancy in females in the USA age 25 to 29 who received a human pampiloma, human pampiloma virus vaccine injection. And it says, in the abstract, birth rates in the United States have recently fallen. Birth rates per 1,000 females aged 25 to 29 fell from 118 in 2007 to 105 in 2015. So that's my age group, right? Like people who graduated mm-hmm. in 2009. Um, and it goes on to say one factor may involve the vaccination against the HPV. Shortly after the vaccine was licensed, several reports of, rec- of recipients experiencing primary ovarian failure emerged. This was common knowledge. Here's the here's the article and the the abstract and the study and all of that stuff. But what you'll notice is now it says retracted article. So I'm like, okay, did they did they fix the the retractions or something? Nope. Here's the retraction statement of retraction. No abstract. No author. Just it's retracted. It's just a lie, but we have nothing saying, hey, we actually did a study on this. We found right. out that wasn't true. It was from this or that or this person right. lied. It's just nope. And just gone. If you Google it, and it wasn't that long ago that I Googled HPV because we've talked about it before, a vaccine infertility. Uh, and now it's there in highlighted. <laughs> there is no current evidence that HPV vaccine causes reproductive problem in women. I love the current there. There's no current evidence current because evidence. we we destroyed the last time there was evidence <laughs> when it was public knowledge like last year oh that the HPV vaccine did actually injure women. Um, and that's and the reason I bring this up, too, is not just because it's true and it's part of the depopulation agenda, because a lot of people have made the same links to COVID-19. And I don't think we're going to get this. We're going to get the same answers. Right. So like right. you can look at the Swiss and the Swiss did a study. A uh, link between fertility and COVID-19 vaccination investigated. Several countries have observed changes in birth rate that have a correlation in time with the pandemic and the vaccination rollout. Again, we're noticing the, the pattern. It seems mm-hmm. like the vaccine comes out in this country, their birth rate goes down. In this country, it comes out, that's when the birth rate goes down. There's some correlation and causation. Are they linked? Let's look at it. And it basically comes to shut up. Like that's what it comes down to mm. is like, yeah, we looked at it. It seems pretty, pretty there, but we're not going to, we're not going to say like the Swiss kind of said it, but then they kind of don't. Mm-hmm. And then it just gives you, you know, links to all the vaccination myths. And what I find funny in this, and you kind of notice the same thing is like some of these articles are saying it's not the vaccine. It's COVID itself, right? Mm-hmm. Cause COVID is the boogeyman that did everything bad. And again, it could be. 
But then you have to factor in the the that it did not actually come from a bat. We all know this now. No idiot right. still believes that like some guy ate bat soup in Wuhan from a bat that was migrating 400 miles away. Right. And they got, made it this way. I'm just conveniently he's outside of the coronavirus you know facility in Wuhan mm-hmm. at a wet market and gets a disease from a bat that doesn't <laughs> live there. That's the believable story. We all know it came from the lab. Is my point. So like. Then the question is, well, mm-hmm. did did COVID do these things to the fertility rate? Right. Was the vaccine part of the fertility rate thing? But if it's not the vaccine, if it is COVID, it's the same problem. It's it's crafted in a lab. And right. then we've got the the messaging. It's like I again, it's all going to be repressed information. It's all going to be refuted. No no scientist is going to get a grant to study it. No scientist is going to get the funding to study it. They're all going to be shut down. They're going to be like Tyrone Hayes who we're going to talk about here in a second. So I can't definitively say one thing or the other except to say it seems like the people who are saying it's not the vaccine are saying it is COVID. And I'm saying they were both created in the lab. So exactly. Well, there you go. Yeah. There, and there I'm were saying. some there were some studies that I didn't pull about the possible effects of COVID itself. I, I initially pulled them and then I wasn't like compelled by them. So I put them away. You can find mm-hmm. them. They're actually really easy to find the ones about COVID itself. Um, they're not particularly compelling the sample sizes are terrible and they seem to be from, I mean, they're from the NIH, right? They, they seem to be pushing the COVID, um, the COVID fear. Um, the, like, this is why you have to mask. Well, this that's is why a, you that's have just to be another re- Yeah, exactly. It's another exactly. reason to say, get the vaccine. And then but if the vaccine the, causes infertility, we'll just blame it on COVID anyway. Right. So it doesn't mean that COVID didn't, I just I, I found that the studies weren't particularly helpful, but they they did they they suggested increased increased rates of um, fertility miscarriage sorry decreased fertility increased miscarriage and increased stillbirth and just anecdotally my niece who is who was fine um, when her mother got COVID nineteen she stopped growing she stopped growing from from just a minute. Um, my sister-in-law got COVID. So she was born full term, but she was born very small. Wow. Um, okay. That's so like just anecdotally, yeah. it, it does have an effect, but like sometimes that's just the case. Like a mother getting sick has been known to affect, um, babies before. That's why you try to stay as healthy as possible, but it's just, you know, anecdotally, um, it, it, I did find that the, the stillbirth statistics were a little bit more compelling than, than maybe the, the, um, the miscarriage rates and, and, and the, the fertility. Um, it seemed like the studies about fertility suggested that maybe it just decreased in the short term, like a, a, a short term drop off in fertility, but then it recovered. Right. Yeah. It could Which, be. I, I I think you're right, though. I think it had a lot more to do with stillbirths and and miscarriages and did with infertility. Yeah. Maybe I don't. Maybe. I mean, who knows? We'll we'll see the long term effects down the road because that's the thing we don't know is how many kids were given this vaccine. We don't know what the long term effects of any of that is. Yes. So. Yes. Um. I, I also anecdotally, there were a lot of women who got the COVID vaccine who said it affected their periods. Every, yeah. Every woman that I know that got it told me that. Yeah. I don't know why they felt the need to talk, but you know, everybody wants to talk about the vaccine. Right. So like they, everybody's sharing every medical detail about their life at that time. I remember, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, no, I've, I've heard that is my point. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about something that's less uncomfortable for PJ. Sperm counts. Dropping. That's going to take a long... I don't, I don't want that job. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Counting, Counting the, the sperm. sperms. Because I heard there's like a lot of them in a small space. <sighs> Usually. Well, that might not be the case. It might be e- sperm counting might be easy by 2045. Okay. It's like, all right. Can we move on? One. <laughs> no. I have a couple studies. I have a couple studies here. First study um, on sperm counts um, is from Oxford Academic. Temporal trends in sperm count, a systematic review and meta regression analysis of samples collected globally in the 20th and 21st centuries. So this is not a um, this is a this is a meta analysis. This is not a single study. This is a lot of studies taken together and reporting on a lot of data. Um, so numerous studies have reported declines in semen quality and other markers of male reproductive health. Our previous meta-analysis reported a significant decrease in sperm, sperm concentration, SC, and total sperm count, TSC, among men from North America, Europe, Australia, based on studies published during 1981 to 2013. At that time, there were too few studies with data from South Central America, Asia, Africa, to reliable reliably estimate trends among men from these continents. Um, There is an image from this study that I want to look at. Um, And it's just showing visually this um, drop off in concentration um, and then drop off in total count. Um, the right and and is this part right here saying that between 70 and 2000 it was decreasing at a slower rate and now it's just decreasing it's still at a decreasing faster rate. much Correct. faster yes and this is children of men this is that this is that movie i just watched it's it's yes dropping it's dropping mm-hmm. um second study on this is from um what was it from envu envurup envurup I, yeah, however yep. that's pronounced. Okay, um, that one. Uh, worldwide rising trend in infertility has been observed in the past few years, with male infertility arising as a major problem. One main reason for the rise in male infertility cases is declining semen quality. It was found that any factor that affects semen quality can affect male, male fertility. There are several modifiable factors affecting semen quality, including air pollution, use of pesticides. And harmful chemicals, exposure to excessive heat. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Can lead to decreased male fertility. It's right there. I searched this article. They do not, they will not actually say the word atrazine, but um, they won't. They They won't say the word atrazine. Um, (laughs) For people who are curious about the atrazine thing, I think it was our second ever uh, unhinged episode. Uh, We talked about uh, are they turning the freaking frogs gay? The answer is yes. We're going to go into some parts of it here in a second. But yeah, yeah, there's a whole like thing there if you want the the longer story. We have to also talk about declining testosterone in men in the last 20 years. This is Reuters article that talks about this. A new study has found a substantial drop in U.S. men's testosterone levels since the 1980s. But the reasons for the decline remain unclear. I love all the unclear reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you're willing to tell us that the thing is happening, but you're not willing to admit why it's happening um trend does not appear to be related to age um average levels of the male hormone dropped by one percent a year which is 
um, just just if you're interested, this article goes on to like explain these numbers in 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 detail and just kind of the uh, impact on on you at different different ages. Um, but the entire population is shifting somewhat downward. We think Travis and told Warriors Health we're counting on other studies to confirm this. <sighs> yes. Okay. So. Right. Testosterone levels and sperm counts both dropping. Why? What could possibly be doing this, PJ? And women are being filled with androgyne. Yeah, no, uh, there's a very clear answer to this, and they said it in that last article. It's pesticides. It's multiple factors, but pesticides is a huge one. Actually, it's just all the stuff that's in our food and water. I want to go through a couple of them really quick. So obviously the most famous one everybody's heard. Uh, I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Yeah, everybody's heard that, right? And uh, it's become a meme, but it's it's true, right? It's very true. We did a whole episode on this, and th- you can prove it's true in like four seconds. So I'm just going to do like the quick version of it. Uh, Tyrone Hayes is a scientist who studied this, proved it conclusively, and then they threatened him. They came after his wife. They took away his funding. Uh, the whole story there about the, the threats from the pesticide manufacturers against him. And, and essentially... He couldn't get funding to do any more scientific studies because scientific studies are paid for by the people who want you to say that their product doesn't kill children and doesn't turn people gay when it's in their water supply. Anyway, here, here's, here's the clip from, from Tyrone Hayes. The one that's sort of remarkable is this pair. These are both males. The, the one on the bottom acting as the female, we affectionately refer to as Darnell. He's a genetic male. That not only acts like a female, he lays eggs like a female. He, she, has been exposed to atrazine all of her, his, her life. I, I don't even really know how to reference it. This is Darnell's third clutch. So Darnell has sons and daughters that we've grown up. You can see eggs in the bottom. This is actually her second clutch for today. He, she, has been copulating for getting close to 24 hours now. This is probably one of the most remarkable things I've seen in, in, in my work. But I personally have mixed emotions. I'm very excited about the science and trying to understand the mechanism. But on the other hand, I am worried. This is the most common contaminant in ground and surface water and drinking water. And the level of atrazine that it took to make this male turn into a female is three times less than what's allowed in our drinking water. Three times less than what's allowed in our drinking water. And it's the most common substance found in your drinking water, right? So, again... Born this way, social factors, all the nonsense around transgender movement. How much of it's chemical? Like how much? Like legitimately, how much of the transgender children are chemically induced through through drinking water and 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 social engineering? It's a combination of the two, I think. Right. So we've got all of that. In fact, I also found a few articles. I found one. I lost it, so I'm, I didn't even care to look for it again because I don't need it as much as as this point here. That is saying that actually Roundup's worse than atrazine. Um, again, Great. pick your point. They're both poison, right? They're both doing the same thing, mm. but uh, Roundup doesn't get talked about enough. So a recent study in in vitro impact on herbicide Roundup on human sperm mortality and sperm mitochondria reported that the direct exposure of semen samples to the active components of this herbicide, even at a very low concentration of one milligram per liter can result in adverse effects on sperm. So they're different things, right? Like the 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 atrazine is quite literally like feminizing men, mm. and then the Roundup is just killing your killing your sperm, killing your ability to reproduce. 
Uh, so, I don't, like I said, some people say worse. I just think they're just two different awful, terrible yeah. things. But it doesn't even end at, like, pesticides. Because it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, you know what? Pesticides are pretty bad. Everybody kind of doesn't like pesticides. And I understand the the use for them. And I'll, we don't have to get into that whole argument. But, like, it's not just pesticides. There's, like, other things being put in the water. And we've seen a lot of uh, articles about fish and birds recently. And me and your husband did an episode on this, uh, like, a month or so ago. Yeah. So I'll just kind of sum it up really quick. But there's... Uh, Here's one of them. Fish in our rivers are turning gay because of a new pollutant, says uh, Mesian professor. I think it's Malaysian. I don't know why it freaking shortened it there. Mm. Uh, yeah, Malaysian professor Ahmad Zarayan Aris warned Malaysians that our water supply is facing a new threat, and he reckons we're not prepared for it. So the, the short version of this essentially is for years they were saying, yes, there's things getting into the water. It's turning the fish gay. But we're not going to say what effect that has on human homosexuality and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then Pink News was celebrating the fact that there's chemicals in the water turning people gay. Then there was an article from it's like good, NBC. Actually. Yeah, they were. And then there was an article from NBC that said why it's okay that birds are gay. So like there's a whole, all of that going on for years. Me and John showed us all on the episode. But here it, it all culminates in this quote here. He claimed that pollutants like endocrine disruptors are turning fishes in Malaysian rivers, gay and transsexual. Professor Ahmad, who is a hydrochemistry expert, elaborated that EDCs will change the fish's hormones and subsequently their sexes too. Professor Ahmad works for uh, the University of uh, Puta Malaysia, or Putra Malaysia, said the EDCs, which are also disruptive to the human endocrine system, mm. are already present in our drinking water and food supply. So he finally said the thing that years of dancing around on all these different websites mm. was saying is that the reason this is important is because the way that it affects the fish is the exact same way that it affects the it's humans, and it's in the same water, right? So it's like when you test a rat and you're like, oh, if the rat does this, it gets cancer. The reason you do that is because you know that the human body is going to react to the thing in a very similar, if not the exact same type of way. The, the, the endocrine system in fish is so similar to humans that if you do something to the endocrine system of fish and it, it messes with the fish, it's going to do the same to humans. So he just said what everybody knew. They just were dancing around the, this topic for a long time, and it's mercury and it's a few other things. And in fact, this is my favorite one. This is my all-time favorite one because another one of our early episodes talked about how the soy boy thing was a was a wild conspiracy theory. Right. Researchers in Japan use soybean compound to make catfish 100% female. So again, similar endocrine disruptors will affect fish and humans the same way. And they found out if you give fish enough soy, it turns them gay. So the soy boy phenomena is 100% real. It's 100% real. And what have we done? We've replaced everything with soy. Everybody has to be lactose intolerant now. Uh, baby formulas are soy-based now for no reason at all. Like, there's so many soy-based baby formulas where parents are just like, oh, this sounds good. Maybe yeah. my kid won't like milk or something like that. And it's just, they're just starting their babies off young with unhealthy amounts of soy and unhealthy amounts of whatever the hell else is in these formulas. Um. And then uh, talk. go back to birth control for a minute. Um, there's this article from the Daily Mail that says uh, birth control hormone is making its way into streams and hindering fish's ability to reproduce. So we've got mercury in the water turning fish gay. We've got soy in the water turning fish gay. And apparently, uh, just to sum up this article, so many women are taking so much birth control that they are pissing straight estrogen 
into the sewers and it's not being filtered out enough to not affect the fish and to quite literally get into the the water table, into the water supply Ah. of the the world. And everybody's (sighs) drinking, you know, essentially like leftover estrogen that just does not get filtered out. Because that's the thing, like sewage eventually goes through and becomes drinking water again, right? Goes into the rivers, goes to wherever, right? But like the estrogen is staying in the freaking water and we're just pissing it into the water like over and over and over again. Up to 90% of birth control is unmetabolized and flushed down the toilet, uh, according to these studies. It's been found in streams at levels higher than 60 nanograms per liter and sewage treatment plants were not designed to remove pharmaceuticals. So again, it's literally affecting the fish. Aquatic toxicology. Yeah, so mercury. And again, this goes back to the Jaffe memo. This goes back to like, do you believe that we're just accidentally doing every freaking thing imaginable in every avenue of life and every walk of life and every thing we can to make people less fertile yeah. while they're telling us they want to. Like, that's the thing. That's the thing that I can't get around. It's like, they're saying to us, we want to reduce the population. They've been saying it for 50, 60, 70 years. They're continuing to talk about it all the time. Carbon emission, carbon mm-hmm. neutral, whatever phrase they want to use. And then they're doing the things to kill the human population and make us not have kids and make us yeah. infertile. Is it a stretch to assume that it's not just a bunch of accidents, like tons and tons and tons of accidents? I want to show you uh, another article that goes to the same point that's coming from a completely different standpoint because it made me laugh. Um, This is hilarious. It's from Natural Womanhood. Uh, (laughs) Having green sex might be the best thing you can do for the environment. They go and make this case. Monogamy matters to the environment. And, 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 And why? And then they get down into how the pill is hurting the environment. First off, the synthetic hormones and hormonal birth control don't just wreak havoc on women's hormones. They hurt the environment, too, primarily by affecting our waterways. The synthetic hormones and birth control, most especially synthetic estrogen, are excreted by the woman's body through her urine. And this, in turn, introduces estrogen into our wastewater. And unfortunately, our wastewater treatment plants are not equipped to filter out ingredients from pharmaceuticals like birth control. It's a recognized phenomenon that because of an excess of estrogen in our waterways, male fish and other aquatic creatures, like PJ said, can become feminized. Um, and some studies have found that even trace amounts of estrogen in the water can decrease the population of fish and skew gender ratios. Interestingly enough, Oh, just a effect. fish, though. Don't you yeah. dare make yeah. that assumption that it's the same. Yeah. 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 That's what they tell you, though. Yeah. And then they, they go on to talk about um, of, of talk about B- BPA. Yeah, um, BPAs and plastics that are getting into the fish. And- yeah. And and we're, we're not even going to get into the plastics thing. I've seen you guys talk about it in the chat. Um, we're like we're we're like almost at two, uh, two and a half hours. At this, this is point. a really long stream. But so yeah. it's we're, we're covering. It's a thorough stream. Let's put it that way. Right. We're getting everything. So, Yes. Um, plastics are, are part of this conversation. We just don't have, we just didn't get into BPAs cause, cause and microplastics could be its own thing for sure. Yeah, there, there's yeah, we're, we're a, a handful of things we haven't gotten into and and, and haven't really the the depression stuff, SSRI stuff. We've barely touched on plastics, barely touched on. Um, but I mean, you can one. make the case like all these things that we're touching on the edges of. It's just because they're right. all part of the same agenda. Yeah. Or if they're not part of the same agenda, they're all 
fueling the same right. phenomenon diet, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, most, most, pretty much all diet stuff we haven't even, <clears throat> we haven't even yeah. begun to touch general unhealth. We, we haven't even begun to touch how that's affecting mm-hmm. things as well. I do want to talk about the, oh, remember, remember, um, what that WebMD article said about estrogen decreasing testosterone in women and driving yeah, down yeah. Sex, drive. sex drive. Yeah. So estrogen in the water would decrease testosterone in men. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, hundred percent. It would. So I right. just want to make sure we caught that. All right. Miscarriage rates. I want to talk about that real quick. This is from Midwest health partners. Miscarriage, why are rates skyrocketing? Those of us caring for women in the reproductive age group have noticed an alarming increase in the rate of miscarriages. The New England Journal of Medicine has recently published a report estimating that 30% of pregnancies result in miscarriage, making it the most common adverse outcome of pregnancy. In fact, miscarriage rates are rising at approximately 1% per year. According to this 2018 study, odds are you or someone you know has experienced a miscarriage. Miscarriage is rising... At the same rate that, um, what is it, sperm, testosterone, one of those two are falling. Well, they're both, they're both falling. Testosterone and sperm count are both falling. But it's the yeah. same rate as one of them. Oh, the same rate as one of them. 1% okay. a year. <clears throat> 1% a year is testosterone. Okay. Then, yes, miscarriage rates are rising at the same rate testosterone rates are falling. Almost like maybe there's something in the water that is affecting men and women. At equal you rates in different be, ways. Yeah. Couldn't be. You couldn't be right. Couldn't be you that. Couldn't be right about that. Um, okay. And even if you get past all that, we've we've had so many hurdles in this episode, right? The, mm-hmm. the getting to the relationship in the first place, getting past, you know, getting the birth to birth control uh, and yeah, birth control, the, the financial whole, issues divorce, and everything. Yeah. Not all being gay, stuff, things like that. You know gay. that you got to do all this stuff, and then. You get, you get a baby out, and then SIDS, sudden yes. infant death syndrome, um, and this is from SIDS.org. This uh, so the authority on SIDS. This makes me angry. Um, this graphy graphy poo right here would seem to imply if you look at just. Just the sudden infant death syndrome line. Which is this red line here. Yep. Oh, good. Look, it's fallen so much. It's fallen so much since 1990, PJ. This is amazing. It's only falling. Yep. Yep. It's only falling. Um, Except, weirdly enough, unknown cause is rising. This is... Okay. I just have to say it. People who have had kids or understand what we're talking about. SIDS is a thing that they will tell you is an unknown cause, right? It is your baby dies. In, it's literally called sudden infant mm-hmm. death syndrome. Mm-hmm. There, what is unknown cause if it's not SIDS? <laughs> right? It's almost like they're saying we're going to make it look like it's less by calling half of them something else. Something else. And yeah. then accidental suffocation and strangulation in bed, except that <clears throat> I am actively shopping for baby stuff. And, and one of the things that is on the labels of a bunch of things is this is SIDS safe. 
In other words, like this is a SID safe mattress. In other words, this is a thing that's not going to accidentally suffocate your baby. Well, so again, you see that green line, accidental suffocation and strangulation in bed, which is one of the supposedly SIDS things also rising. A hundred percent in the in 1990 and to, till who knows how, when, right? Children dying in the bed through accidental strangulation, a parent rolling on top. Those were SIDS numbers. I was told this when I was in the hospital the first time. Mm -hmm. When they, they give you a class about SIDS and they're like, mm -hmm. don't shake your baby. Don't do this. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Accidental strangulation, rolling over in their sleep. It's all SIDS. It's all counted in the same statistics. So mm. the the rise just seems to be like they just split it into like three different things, essentially, right? right? Well, yeah. it seems like so. Let's look at the yellow line. The yellow line is the combined SUID death rate, which combines the sudden infant death line, the unknown cause line, and the accidental suffocation and strangulation in bed line. And you can see here that it dropped pretty precipitously until about 1995. <clears throat> and then it was pretty flat, pretty relatively flat after that. Um, For like almost 30 years now. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering now if the other stuff you were you were listing is that used to be counted as part of this shaken baby syndrome um all of that stuff is now just completely being cut out and that drop was just those other numbers being completely cut out of of this whole graph like has anything actually gotten better well that's the question right like do they want you to feel like it's better or are they intentionally not making it better you know what i mean Right. For, Decrease for, the surplus population is a uh, is, uh, Scrooge said. Yeah. And of course, we wouldn't be a conspiracy podcast if we didn't note that theorized that SIDS is caused by by vaccines, that there's a <clears> lot of anecdotal evidence of getting the vaccine, bringing your kid home them having a fever, being lethargic. And then that night or the next night, the kid suddenly dying of completely unknown causes couldn't possibly it, it it's almost like adult instant death syndrome or whatever the frick that was came directly after everybody started having myocarditis and, and uh thick Weird. blood blocking so, their so hearts strange. and shit like that so it's strange. almost like when they use that when they excuse vaccines killing adults in the same way that it wouldn't be that crazy to make that link that maybe punt pumping a bunch of mercury into children, which already just showed the evidence of what mercury does to people, right? Uh, is not good. This is the thing. Like, the freaking amount of vaccines they want to give a kid in the first, like, so day much. they're born oh is insane God. at this point. Yeah. It's insane. They're like, here's nine freaking shots for, like, a baby that's two, two days old. It's I'm probably exaggerating. It's a lot, though. I think it was at least six in the first week for my daughters, what they wanted us to give her. It was, like, six or seven or eight or something like that. I will not. I I just will not. Um, I'm telling my doctor. I'm slowing. It. I'm telling my OBGYN. I just want to slow it down. But I mm. I don't really plan to take baby to a pediatrician if we can help it. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you for sure. Yeah, um, it's like what do you trust, right? Right. It's difficult. Speaking of things that are definitely not caused by vaccines. Um, NBC News autism rates have tripled. Is it now more common or are we just better at diagnosis? Um, I love how they have to like they have to put it the explanation in the headline, in the headline. because it's yeah. too damning. 
Autism rates tripled among children in the New York and New Jersey metropolitan area from 2000 to 2016, according to a study. Um, and then they go on to just run cover for why the rates are increasing any other explanation other than the one that parents seem to be fairly confident in, which is, again, that correlation of I took my kid for their round of of shots and then all of a sudden my kid starts regressing um had been hitting all their milestones had been doing great and all of a sudden they're very very autistic Th this clip i want to play real quick it's, it's a little bit long but i want to play it because i remember when jenny mccarthy and uh Jim Carrey were going around doing the whole like vaccines cause autism thing. And at the time I was like, this is stupid. I, I heard the sound bites. I heard this. I heard that. I heard the experts. Mm -hmm. I was, I don't know. I was like in middle school. It's so like, for, you know, whatever. I don't know anything, uh, but it was convincing. The propaganda around that. She's a nutbag was convincing. And I just I had always kind of just believed she was a nutbag. Even as I've started to question more of the vaccine stuff, I'm like, mm -hmm. is she kind of a nut? And then I found this clip of her speaking to, it was on the show called the doctors. And she seems to be, Everything I heard about her was not true, is my point. Everything mm -hmm. I heard about her talking points was mm. not true. And everything I heard supposedly about the talking points from the doctors is not true either. So it's, it's like three and a half minutes. I think we should watch it, though. Okay. Um, it. I was, we're already at like three hours. Like, yeah, what's I know. Hurt? <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're going to go a little long. <laughs> uh, Here's one thing, Jenny. And you know I've got an open mind. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, back in, in 1983, back in, in the 90s, you know, we did have chil children dying every week of meningitis and and uh, you know i remember doing rounds with my dad and almost almost every day he'd need to go to the hospital and, and take care of a child that had some sort of vaccine preventable illness and you know with the increase of vaccines we've seen a huge decline in some of the really nasty things that i don't that i'm so glad i don't have to deal with you know epiglottitis meningitis you know a lot of pneumonias you know kids just aren't dying of that sort of stuff anymore and and, and as a pediatrician, that's the last thing I want to see is for people to stop vaccinating because we'll, we'll start seeing kids die of polio okay, again. Okay, let me tell you this. We do not need that many vaccines that we need. The chicken pox, I think, can be a parent's choice. The rotavirus. The flu shot that still contains mercury. JB, hepatitis B, go ahead. Wait, know, the, the devil is always in the details. And one of the problems with vaccines is they've been so great that people overly generalize about them as if they're only great. We looked at other first world countries. We're 34th in under five mortality behind such luminaries as Cuba and Slovenia. However, we have 36 vaccines. The top five, which include countries like Finland, Norway, Iceland, average 11 and 13 vaccines. From 1994, we added eight vaccines to our schedule. There are vaccines like flu, rotavirus, varicella that have only been picked up by two or three of the other 30 countries so what do they know that we don't so yeah first of all i just want to pause this because this she, she doesn't go into it in this clip but the other famous clip is her and jim carrey saying like because i just thought they were all anti-vaccine of every type of vaccine mm -hmm. like no there are certain vac like we actually have are taking triple the amount of other westernized countries and we have to ask the question. So it was like literally listening to them now that with a little bit of retrospect and actually hearing them in context. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, they're not out there spouting crazy things. They're saying, you know, seems like we're the only country putting like 30 freaking shots of mercury into a child and we're experiencing some high autism. Might, might be some 
might be some connection there. And that's where she goes with this next, though. Right. Hold on. Let me play it. There's a little bit more left. Why are they picking up vaccines that have been around for 15 years? And why are their autism rates one in 1,000, one in 1,500, one in 2,000? It doesn't take a brain surgeon or an ER doctor to figure out there might be a correlation. We don't want to narrow be too narrow-minded and say it's it's only the vaccines and 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 not and and ignore other potential problems in my opinion and this is just me wanting to have an open debate about this vaccines are really the one thing we have looked at yeah, as uh, causing all yeah, that, that is, agree that with is you. completely yeah. bogus no, that is such a bogus they, statement how many vaccines have they looked at in these studies how many what's the answer it's two how many ingredients have they studied of 35 what's the answer it's one you've looked at Two of 36 shots and one of 35 vaccines, and you're going to stand on the stage and say that vaccines and autism are unrelated? It is the most bogus tobacco science. It's a smokescreen. Anybody who takes the time to read it would agree. I'm so sick of doctors who don't read the studies, who don't know the details, sitting here telling parents and reassuring them that vaccines don't cause autism. It is irresponsible. And this is the biggest. So this is the whole point. The whole point I want to play this is. It's not to say that correlation was causation. It's to say we haven't figured that out because nobody will study it because nobody will look at this and go, it does seem like we're giving kids more vaccines and there, and there definitely is more autism. Is there a connection? Well, we can't, we can't look into it because we looked at one vaccine. It was probably, you know, some old like polio or something that everybody's going to agree that they like anyway. Uh, And one ingredient in it. Yeah. Right. And so now I'm to the point where I'm just like, I actually just want to know what the freaking answer is, but right. And that's the I'm, thing because I, I don't want to say that it is. I'm not sure it is, but we don't right. know. We don't have enough evidence to say it's not. And we should at this point be mm-hmm. able to say we're going to pump the, this much stuff into your kid. We should check every box of on the safety boxes mm-hmm. that we possibly freaking can. Right. And we're not doing it. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that OK? So do you have another? I had one more okay, because do it. I said we we're going to talk about Bill Gates. Do it. And like here, this is this is the last clip I want to play. And then we'll probably go to the Rumble the for a few minutes and, and uh, re, you know chat with you guys for a minute. And it's been a long stream, so I apologize. But this clip I is know. the one that constantly... I, I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not forcing Screw you, you guys to be here. I'm not. Fuck you. You don't have to be here. <laughs> We're here. Um, so... <laughs> this I is the keep clip talking. that I... You will listen to us or not. You can go. I mean, it's the internet. I can't make you stay. But we're going to keep talking. Um, yeah, so this is the clip from Bill Gates that constantly gets told. I'm constantly told it's out of context. It's a slip of the tongue. It's it's not a Freudian slip either. It's just you guys have taken this guy out of context. It couldn't possibly mean the thing that he's saying about the link between literally population control and vaccines. Mm-hmm. I, I find this funny. Is like whenever you think, am I taking this person out of context? What I should do is extend the clip this way in the beginning, and I'm going to extend the clip at the end a little bit. And I found someone who just has the longer version of the clip, and it's way worse. It's so much worse than Mm -hmm. the he might have misspoke clip that everybody's heard a million times. Uh, Again, I've I've talked it up enough. We're just going to play it. But uh, you tell me what you think. I think he says some pretty damning stuff uh, that just really shows how he thinks about the world. We need to meet a new constraint. And that constraint has to do with CO2. CO2 is harming the planet. And the equation on CO2 is actually a, a very straightforward one. If you sum up the CO2 that gets emitted, that leads to a temperature increase. 
And that temperature increase leads to some very negative effects. The effects on the weather, uh, perhaps worse, the indirect effects in that uh, the natural ecosystems can't adjust to these rapid changes, and so you get ecosystem collapses. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. The laughter. Uh, first, we've got... Yeah, the laughter of the elite assholes in this room going, oh, yeah, <laughs> people. <laughs> Gotta get, <laughs> Gotta get zero. that pretty near zero, aren't we, huh? Population. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. But there we see an increase of uh, about one3 Okay, that's the part where I'm constantly told he's being taken out of context. He's literally, like, he said vaccines. He didn't mean vaccines were killing people. What the, what the hell else is he saying when he's saying we got to get one of these numbers near zero, and if we do a really good job, we can bring that up? Because what he's very clearly telling you, mm-hmm. whether you think he's saying this or that or the other, is he, do, he thinks the population is too high. There's yes. no other take on the population being too high, and we need to do something about it then we need to depopulate. That's literally, what, right. what other t- possible take is there? Then we need to decrease f- fertility or decrease the population m- in a more rapid sense. Mm-hmm. And he's saying through vaccinations, through this, through that, we can actually bring that population down about 10 or 15%. He's talking about all like it's a good thing. These people are laughing at the fact that he's literally in the same sentence saying, we're going to talk about the population. And remember, we got to get one of these numbers near zero. Mm-hmm. The equation in and of itself is retarded. Like this whole idea that like CO2 is like such a simple factor that get it it down to zero so the trees starve. It's all stupid science. It's such bunk science that some idiot like me with a high school, you know, degree can go. That's not true. (laughs) Like that's stupid. (laughs) Like, Like, come on, you guys. Getting the carbon down to zero. Like, what does that even mean? Anyway, (sighs) sorry. It's just stupid. It's it's but near zero because he doesn't want to be like he doesn't want to be. Well, he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to die. Yeah, but um, near zero, maybe maybe five hundred million in perpetuity with nature. We'll just stick with that nice round number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do want to clarify the autism mm-hmm. thing earlier because that wasn't just to rag on on vaccines. Like autism is contributing to depopulation. It is contributing to fear of parents having kids because they're like, not only do I have to do the math on being ready for a kid, I have to do the math on being ready for a kid who may not ever be able to, with severe autism, may not be able to be a productive member of society, be independent, all that. Um, But but then also it kind of circles back to that attract the all the attraction and loneliness issues you see in young people. You see more and more autistic young people in that in self community agitating and and being some of the drivers of the gender war stuff. Um, It's 
this is not to put down people who are autistic. I know we have really, really cool autistic listeners. Um, but if you look at even just like Nick Fuentes followers are just heavily autistic young men. And so it's can be an easily manipulated <laughs> group of people um, to no. then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then contribute. Yeah, to I agree. And like, let's say, let's let's take that NBC article it was NBC or ABC article at its uh, face value. They're mm-hmm. saying maybe we're just overdiagnosing the shit out of autism because let's mm-hmm. be honest, they kind of are. Like, that's at yeah. least part so, of it, right? Is like everybody. I, how many people have you met? They're like, I'm I'm diagnosed autistic. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Like, you're, yeah. you're maybe slightly you're just, weird, but you're not you're weirder, weirder than me. <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever. You're like, you just play guitar PJ. good. Like, you're not. I don't know. Maybe I am. It would make sense. It would make sense. But my point is, like, when you see the numbers and the statistics as a parent, and I've heard a lot of parents say this, I'm, I'm afraid of having kids because what about autism? Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is all the talk around around children. It's all the movies. It's all the you know programming right. of getting people not to want kids. So it could be as easy as that. I think the vaccines are – I think there's a – I think I, – I, I don't even think a lot of it's even intentional. I think they just put stuff out there. They can get money, and they can pay people off to not care. Uh, or pay people right. off to, to not research, essentially. Right. That's all it really has to be. I don't think autism is part of the the plan. I think it was just a... No. Like you said, a side, a side effect. But when you're That's, using mercury in that many vaccines and you're piling yes. up on people and maybe it's having an effect on people's Wait, brains... But the Tartaria people have reliably informed me that mercury <laughs> is a super drug that they're hiding from us. So why aren't our babies... Wait, I thought that was like radon or something like that. It was uh, Marie Curie with like the radium sticks or something like that. It's both, just right? Eat, eat that shit according drink to the Tartarians. The they don't you want you to become... drink the mercury. <laughs> That's what it is. I can't believe we fit Tartaria <laughs> into this super long episode, but it's it's there, guys. You're welcome. Oh, man. You're welcome. Abby Abby went really uh, far out of her way. She set this whole episode up to make a Tartaria joke in the end. Yes, so. that is that is what I did. Sorry. Last <clears throat> couple things here. Um, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to talk a little bit more about um, kind of the rhetoric against stay-at-home moms. And I want to talk a little bit more about um, some of the stuff I think I'm seeing with mommy influencers. But I think it's time it's, it's time we get to the rumble section. All right. It is time. We're going to go over the rumble section. If you're listening to this later, come over to rumble.com slash conspiracy pilled or join us on conspiracy That way you can get the full audio podcast with the rumble section and you get... The Thursday night show. You get the Thursday night show, Conspiracy Pilled Unhinged. We have a five-star review to read. Last thing before we head over to Rumble and chat with you guys and read your super chats and all that stuff. Uh, This comes from WCG1380, uh, and it says, The title of the show is The Experience. If you enjoy conspiracy theories, this show has plenty of episodes that are informative and fun. I have a new favorite Bible verse because of this episode. Hi, future me. Hope this shout out was on a banger episode. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode because that this is this is the one you get. So you're you're kind of <laughs> stuck with it. <laughs> we shoved you in so, at the end of a three hour episode. I hope you are. Great. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> if you want to support the show for free, that is the best way you can do it. Is give us a five star review. Rate us anywhere that just gets the podcast out in front of more people. Um. Or you can go to our merch store. I was going to bring that up earlier. I'll do it real quick. I'll do a plug real quick. Conspiracypill.com. We'll show it over on the Rumble section. I added new stuff. I want to talk about it. So we're going to go over there. We'll see you guys. If you're listening later, come join us next time. Have a great night, everyone. God bless. Bye.